Ooh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Slim Society Show. It's news of the week. <laughs> Once again, with your friendly neighborhood nutritionist, Connor Rhodes from Slim Society, and with personal trainer extraordinaire, Will Hukin. Hey, the crowd goes wild. And then we clap. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the studio. Welcome back, William. Thank you for having me again. It's nice to be here. Yes. Hello, everyone. Nice to see you all. Nice to see the cameras again. The bright lights. We've upgraded the show this time, sir. Oh. This time, all of the cameras are coming in 4K. Ooh, crispy. Before, we had one 4K camera and two <laughs> 720p cameras. <laughs> just to make the 4K look better, though, right? Not because even the cameras were different. We've got all 4K cameras, but I just got the mm -hmm. wrong wires. That isn't it, Connor. Come on. I bought the wrong wires online. You've got a bigger brain than that. No, I'm not a podcast producer. You are now. People say time to me sometimes. Step up, bro. I'm, I'm trying to, literally. We're stepping it up every single episode. Apparently. We've also, we're also upgrading the show in, in terms of we've got a new segment. Mm. It's a debate segment entitled, What's Better? <laughs> what's Better? Or, yeah, if you're you, <laughs> What's Better? Yeah. I'm not even sure how you spell that. Uh, it's B-E apostrophe apostrophe E-R. Double apostrophe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never even heard of such you a thing. you got to substitute out the T's. <laughs> <laughs> How many syllables are missing to get double apostrophe? It just slurs together, Woods man. What's better? Better. What's better? Better. <laughs> Come on, Connor, you're better than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, some people say to me, you know, oh, I like your videos online. And I say, thank you, because that's not my job. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. Thank you, because I don't think I'm very good at it. No, I'm not very good. <laughs> no, you do. You, it's the rhythm and the way you talk on camera. It does just work. It flows nicely, man. Well done. I'm just talking like me. Maybe it's you we like then. That's mm, There we go, sir. Stroke that there ego. <laughs> I, like that. I like where that's going. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I actually help people lose weight or exercise better. Yeah. You know, I'm not a flipping... Multifaceted, aren't you, man? You No, I'm not a YouTuber or a podcaster. Well, we just... You're going to be. I do more things than just chat sh with you. Ah, <laughs> really? I've never seen it. Online? No. Never seen it. It's getting less and less and more towards just chatting with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then putting out podcasts online. Can I, for the listeners at home, go through the news topics of the week? Please. Would that be okay? I'll just read out some news titles. Mum, who spent £400 a month on takeaways, sheds 12 stone in six months. <laughs> I mean... It's going to be a good one. That's a burner. <laughs> Answering your eight most commonly asked questions about running for weight loss. Okay. I think this is going to be really interesting. Nice. I'm just yeah. going to ask you the questions. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, just see what you think. Yeah, I mean... So then essentially, I think that'll be a good section. Um, this is one I picked because I thought this would be an interesting topic to talk about. My boyfriend is on the low FODMAP diet and it's ruining my life. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, next one, I think this will be a nice one as well. From stubborn belly fat to exercising with achy knees, all your midlife fitness questions answered. People sent in questions about a variety of health and fitness topics. And to be honest, I've completely disregarded what the article said. And I'm just going to ask you. Ah. Again, or we'll just go back and forth. Yeah, we'll see what happens. About these. Um, two provided by you. Thank you. You did a little bit of homework. I tried. I weirdly struggle with this as homework. <laughs> I don't know if I'm really bad at it. I think I'm not a good journalist, but yeah. I don't blame you. It's okay. Yeah, it's hard, right? Don't Is it hard? Worry. It's hard for sure. Um, let's, let's say it's hard. <laughs> no, okay. We'll, we'll just continue. Yeah. Three reasons you've hit a weight loss plateau. Yes, this and I'm going to ask you about them. 
All right, so this is an actual article that was yeah. online. Yeah. All right, nice. And we'll go through what those points are. And your teen's smartphone could be the key to unhealthy weight. Dun dun dun. I can see why that might be true. To be fair. Yeah. First though, how are you, Will? How's your how's your week been? Very enjoyable, thanks, mate. Yeah, things are going well. The sun is shining. Early mornings are feeling. We're bouncing out of bed with this with these spectacular sunrises at the moment. The, really? Oh, it comes pouring in all golden and stuff. It's awesome. Oh, that's excellent. I love it. I've got a lo- I've got an excellent way of waking myself up in the morning, which is to set my coffee on the stove the night before, all set up so that when my first alarm goes off, I stumble from one side of my one-room studio apartment to the other side where the kitchen is, <laughs> switch on the flip, uh, flip the switch, and then go back and jump back in bed for 10 minutes. And then 10 minutes later, I've got a coffee waiting for me. And that gets me up and going, and I'm happy days. What kind of coffee-making machine goes on a stove? It's um, it's a mock pot. It's one of them espresso maker ones that, in fact, <laughs> it's a little... Esp- well, no, it's a huge espresso maker that makes nine shots of espresso. I used to have a four-man one that I just used and then topped up with hot water to make a nice full-size coffee for me so in the morning. So it's an espresso maker? Yeah. Okay. That's meant for nine people, and I just have okay. a coffee out of that. <laughs> You don't have nine shots of espresso. I don't put the same amount of coffee in that you would put in to make nine shots, but it is Oh, good. (laughs) I'm going to say that could be an issue. I put like two teaspoons in, it's fine. When I see you when you look spry in the morning. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You've got chattering teeth. I'll look what's going on. (laughs) I've never deloaded off caffeine, and I've never seen a positive or negative to having lots of it all the time of you, particularly. Excuse me. That's good. Maybe you've got good caffeine genetics. Um... For me, it doesn't really affect me that much, no. It makes me tireder overall, I believe. Um. Like, if I drink a coffee, I'll be awake for about two hours, yeah, and then I'll crash even harder. And then I have another choice whether I actually want to just feel really tired for the rest of the day, go to sleep, or drink a coffee again, uh, and then bump it another ride, two ride hours. that roller coaster round yeah, and two, please. Sometimes I just end up hitting a coffee like every and two hours. And there's a compound every, every two hours. It's like an even higher high in an even lower valley. <laughs> I suppose that, that depends on how many scoops I'm getting up to in the coffee. Mix in some Sometimes pre-workout. I have two. I'm not going to lie. I don't drink that much coffee overall. I'm going to say, do you have a cap, like a daily cap for caffeine that you're conscious of? No. No. Not necessarily. But do you know the, I don't know, I was going to say safety limit, but I don't know if that's the correct term. (coughs) No, but I've seen some studies where they fucked up the dosage that they gave people and nearly killed them. (laughs) Really? Yeah, where they added a zero where there wasn't going to be a zero. That can definitely kill people. That would be enough, wouldn't it? Yeah, and they like... It's a sensitive drug. They gave some, some people like... 3,000% 3,000% what you should, like what would be the maximum, what they were trying to test as the limit. They gave them, yeah, yeah didn't end well. A news item that I've refused to put into the news topics for the last three weeks in a row that keeps popping up to me is about, you know, TikTok. Oh, yeah. It's about kids on TikTok doing this and on Instagram doing this new trend of quote unquote dry scooping pre workout. Having pre-workout. Oh, just chuck it in your garb, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Or maybe putting it in and then doing a swig of water and swallowing it down. (laughs) And people are getting more and more extreme to the point where people are doing like eight scoops and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, and some people have ended up in hospital. Yeah, of course. There was a fame. Of course. This is why it's in the news. This girl ended up in hospital. Of course she did. Doing it. One of those scoops blows your head off. 
They give me really bad stomach most of the time. I've tried it a few times when I was a lot younger. Really? And then, yeah, really bad. I have sensitive stomach and IBS, though. We knew that, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not good. That tracks with it you. It is not good. It's makes a lot you, of caffeine. It makes your skin t- uh, itch and shit, because that's what I get. Uh, that's the beta alanine. Right. That's what that's... An it, in- it distracts me. That's an intentional thing they put in on purpose. What? So it's a f- tangible... Um, kind of effect so that you can feel it yeah. yeah because you don't want to pay kids don't want to pay 40 quid for something don't take it they want to feel like oh I can feel it true like they're on something true uh, if you if you just take it and a poor just... man's steroid it's more expensive than steroids <laughs> you're dead right it's <laughs> <laughs> literally pre-workout it's more expensive oh, than steroids oh god well then we know what we need to start stocking the uh, vending machines with at the gym <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not it goes protein bar pre-workout needle <laughs> But the actual safety limit for caffeine-ish is about 1,000 milligrams per day, one gram. Okay. A coffee's about 50 milligrams. Oh. You know, like an instant scoop coffee just like you get out of a thing? Sound. Not, so it's not that intense. So you should nine, have like 20 coffees a day. What about nine shots? Uh, what would that equal? I don't know what's in mine. I'll have to check it. 450? You know? Yeah. I'll see what the caffeine um, content is. Which is not that bad overall. You can only really get to that amount. If you start having pre-workouts, some of them are 250 to 500 milligrams each some of them caffeine. Freaking hard. So it's a lot of caffeine. So if you're having pre-workouts, then you can start getting up to the limit. Monsters are 250 calories each. I know not, some not people... Calories, sorry. Yeah. Caffeine, caffeine milligrams. I know some people that smash five monsters a day. No. And... That's uh, way too many. Uh, uh, not legit, no. No, that's over the limit. No, no. That's way like too it. many. But coffee and stuff, you know, it's not that powerful overall. No. Ca- um, you know, Starbucks has got double the caffeine of any other... Really? Um, yeah, any other... What would what could we call it? I don't know. Popular or chain brand of like coffees like Costa and Cafe Nero and again Prep. a marketing thing because it makes you feel more awake after or just a it's just stronger a byproduct in some way it might be why it's the most popular. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe and it literally is the most. Do we reckon popular. it is? Yeah, I think Starbucks are the second highest selling or like I don't know revenue creating or I don't know whether it's profits or what to be honest but I think they make the second most money out of all fast food places after McDonald's okay so then I think it's McDonald's then Starbucks that would try not even just out of coffee that sounds about right just out of coffees just out of like because they do breakfast now and they do food and they do you know what I don't like is is McDonald's breakfast unpopular opinion you don't like McDonald's breakfast no um Personally, I don't because it's oh, a big. Good. It's a, I, I like it, but I also don't like. It. It's a bit greasy for me, and mm. I'm not going to feel good eating it, and I'm not going to be full. Like it, but do I like the taste of it? Yeah, quite really. Good. Okay. Only, only certain things, like the the sausage and egg McMuffin, I really like. Actually, the bagel that's the sausage egg and cheese bagel. Actually, that's really nice as well. <laughs> You're starting to change your mind. I'm not a big a fan of hash browns ever. See, I am quite a big fan of hash browns. And you can make them really I wish easy. they did chips for McDonald's breakfast. If they did chips and sausage egg McMuffin, I could... I remember being stuck lose, in a, all, lose all self-esteem. I was stuck in a there. train station. That's nice. I was I stuck in a train station and then waited for McDonald's to open and I was so looking forward to it and happy and then it was just the breakfasts they had on and it really upset me. I've heard in some places in America they do McDonald's breakfast all day. I can't confirm whether that's true or not. Oh yeah, that's in America. Yeah, in America though. In all the America. I'm just, I don't know. I've just Probably. McDonald's I it, but I, I don't blame you for not liking it. Um, yeah, because especially at that time, I think the, the like you're saying, the greasiness for me supersedes the taste. It's very greasy. Because I don't quite, like starting the day with something that's like a ugh food. Personally, I have a generally low-fat diet-ish. I have a high-carb, high-protein diet, and I don't eat many fatty, greasy things ever. Mm. I only get fats from a few sources, really. 
which would be eggs, probably desserts. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Um, and probably I take fish oil tablets every day. Mm -hmm. So some, and I eat some fish and stuff like that. But that's about it, you know, which actually works out really nice. Um, it gets me a nice balance of like all the different types of yeah, fats. I'd say so. <laughs> but I eat a lot of carbs and a lot of protein. So I try and keep fats low because you can't eat a lot of carbs and fats and protein because that's too many calories. Mm -hmm. So I've got to take the calories from somewhere. No, I, that's I, a nice little compromise. I, I want carbs <laughs> for... Carbs makes things quite practical to eat. Uh, well, I like carbs are in carbs, everything. Yeah. They don't give me stomachache with my IBS. Greasy food yeah. does. Like you know, if I eat fish and chips, I'll have really bad stomachache. Really? Yeah, really bad. I feel it will bad not be mate. good. Yeah, it will not be good. But I can eat bread until the cows come home. Nothing will happen. Hmm. Literally, and I can eat loads of pasta. You're loads not of explode. Rice. And I like exercising, so you need carbs and energy for that. And I like protein as well because I'm trying to like build muscle and maintain metabolism and muscle mass while being slim and all this kind of business. So you got to take it from somewhere. So I generally have a low-fat diet anyway and don't eat many different, you know, sort of greasy things. But you do like the taste of them. I do, uh, yeah, I do like the taste. It's nice on the way in. It's just what happens after that is negative, so I just deem it not worth it. Lands, you can feel it. But with you not liking McDonald's, if anybody doesn't like McDonald's, I understand, because although it does taste kind of nice in like a greasy, salty, lukewarm kind of way... Uh, <laughs> That's a good it's description. Al it's also... No, not ragging on McDonald's, but it's also pretty much... But also the, ragging on McDonald's. It's some of the lowest quality food yeah, you can get. There's yeah, a reason yeah. it's £3.50 for a meal. I'm going to say, there's a reason a you can get a cheeseburger, is it, for 99 That's That's exactly what I'm saying. So when it looks soggy and sad... I mean, like, that looks soggy and sad in the advertisement, which is the most polished version of a turd that they could have put together. So what you're actually going to get is... Something. The real-life situation never looks like the picture, No, not once. Never looks like the picture. No, no, it's a bit of a shit time. But this is why we try and avoid these kind of foods. That, <laughs> that and shreds, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you eat for breakfast, then? You know what? I, Actually, you eat some strange combinations of foods. I do. And I'm not very good at eating full stop, so it changes all the time. Um, recently, I've been having just like uh, yogurt, like um, an onkin or, a, or okay. a, what do you call it, a Greek yogurt type thing, just like with, with um, oats poured in and just like mixed together. Uncooked oats? Yeah. That's fibre, that bro. Yeah. fibre. Yeah, I've just been having that because it's just... Two things that I could pour in a bowl and mix together. Did <laughs> <laughs> you put any flavourings in it? No. Not artificial sweetener or like a bit of like sauce or... No, because I'm not very good at food. The, no. no. I need to get to a point where I'm actually put a bit more effort into the, my food like that. Because it's, yeah, I don't... I just, get vanilla whey protein, put half a scoop in, just mix it into the thing and then pour it in. It'll be really nice. Do you reckon? Yeah. Because there's 30 grams of protein in the... Is there? In the, That's pretty intense. Um, you trying to yogurt. be a big boy though, yes or no? Sorry? Trying to be a big boy though? I'm trying to be a big lean boy. Which well is, then, let's go! <laughs> let's go! Yeah, and that, that's why we've got, yeah, the protein and the oats. Let's put 30 grams. I mean, yeah, okay. You could that's like not bad for a breakfast. It's it's not bad. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. it's not the best it could no, be. No, it's not the best it no, could be. No, for a gentleman of your stature, you could, <laughs> you, you could be pushing 40 grams if you wanted to. I could smash 15. I mean, I used to you hit... You could smash... You could. Well, back when I was cutting, you know, my diet was legit. And I used to have... I used to squeeze. I ended up squeezing into a thousand calories a day. A thousand calories. Right now, I'll explain in a moment. That wasn't the, the, all of it. But in, in a thousand calories a day, I would squeeze in um, three 
meals and 150 grams of protein and then leave 800 calories a day to snack on brownies and, <laughs> <laughs> and custard. Ah! How to diet. Every well, day. So I started my, my diet at 1800 calories is what I put myself on, which was a that, bit ridiculous. That's very me. low already. Very low for me. And 20,000 steps a day. They were my two rules. <laughs> you, you obviously did not consult me about this. <laughs> I would have said, wait a second. You just said, Will, try not dying. I would have said, wait a second. I have, ne- I have never, in fact, I'll ask you another question as well. Before. Please. I've never gone below 2,000 calories per day personally for myself. Right. Even to get down to the, the leanest six pack that I can get to, mm-hmm. really. Um, I start to feel really low energy levels and not good if I get like past a certain level of lean. Like this level of lean that I am, um, I can maintain without any issues. Pretty year round. Yeah, I can eat ra- eat at restaurants and not very much, but like let's say twice a week. Yeah. I could be eating out and I do my exercises and stuff and it's fine. If I try and get super lean, I start to like feel really tired and I, I end up waking in the night, up in the night really hungry. So it's a bit, not the greatest, but 2000 calories is the lowest I ever go. And how much do you weigh was the question I was going to ask you. Now or when I was doing that? Now about 82. 82? Yeah, I'm a How bit... How tall are you? Um, six, bang on. Oh, six foot? Yeah. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense then. Um, and <laughs> but, but back then, I started that cut at 75 kilos. I did it for seven or eight weeks and dropped down to 70 kilos. That's nice. Yeah, it wasn't bad. That's I was pretty, pretty fast weight loss, though. That does make sense yeah. with the low calories. That's yeah, pretty yeah. And I, I used my holiday, um, leading up to my holiday, as a motivation. Okay. But I mainly just did it because... It was, I guess, the one side of my job that I'd never been been able to empathise with my clients with because I'd never really had to try and lose fat before. So I just thought I'd do that and see. And I did learn quite a bit from it, which is quite nice. But yeah, I started it on 1,800 calories and that was four meals a day, 150 grams of protein, everything I would have needed within 1,800 calories. And I don't have a sweet tooth naturally. How much did you weigh at the time? 75 when I started this, yeah. And I don't have a sweet tooth um, naturally, but I found that... As I was getting a couple of weeks into my diet, the as the body likes to, it presented me with these new cravings and whatnot. And so I, I got a sweet tooth. And so that's when I dropped down to having my 150 grams of protein across three meals in a thousand calories so that I had 800 a day to just snack on whatever I wanted. And I just did that every night. And because I found that I couldn't sleep if I was getting into bed hungry, which obviously I was every night. That happens to me. Like I told you, when yeah. I'm super lean. So yeah, so I needed to well, save some calories bed. before bed. So I, I, I saved these calories and I'd get the low calorie brownies and the small um, ambrosia um, custard and have five brownies and two pack- things of custard and that came to 800 calories and smash that and then get in bed. <laughs> but like nice to finish but your you day you a nice coma, your body's absorbing See that straight into the muscles. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Hannibal Lecter style. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And that's yeah, cool. that worked well. And I got lean, but never saw a vein in my arm, but that's whatever. <laughs> yeah, you don't have particular veins. I don't have veins. I don't have veins. I don't have veins. They're just not there. They just yeah. don't show through yeah. at all. You must have thick skin, bro. <laughs> Something's going on. Some kind of viscosity. I've worked out that an estimation would be when you were 75 kilos, um, that your base metabolism without any steps or exercise might be about 2000 per day <laughs> on average so you entered 1800 which is a 200 deficit but plus 20000 steps is about 500 calories burn per, per day mm-hmm. which is probably a 750 700 deficit training without 2 hours a day <laughs> without you weightlifting yeah which that's probably another 3 or 400 calories yeah. maybe 2 or 300 depending on how much weightlifting you did it was good fun <clears throat> so you were near in a 1000 calorie deficit per day which makes sense on the yeah. rate of weight loss ish 
I'd even argue more than that because before that I was eating closer to 4,000 calories. Well, about just over 3,000 calories and not gaining weight particularly. Interesting. Yeah, that was more or less maintenance at the time. And But then, oh, the time afterwards was so mint because I went from 75 kilos was lean to going to shredded and didn't particularly lose any strength gains. I maybe got stronger some places, but more or less really? just maintained. Really? Yeah, it was Especially quite nice. that harsh of a deficit. I did, like you were saying, you were getting... Um, concentration issues or something i did find i would i got like localized knee pain in my cut because just like i guess when you're cold and heat goes from your extremities to uh to protect your vital stuff same thing in a deficit calorie deficit your energy isn't as distributed evenly and things like um lubrication to the joints just isn't as much of a priority so i found that i got like knee pain and stuff but then after the cut came back from holiday started my next program of lifting shredded so i got to bulk but not bulk to get fat i just bulked to back to being like mediocre lean so it was awesome i got to put on 10 kilos i got i put on straight away then i put the first like eight on within like 10 <coughs> weeks or something it was so nice so you were eating yeah but but knowing i wasn't getting fat because i was coming from such a like deprived state i was just bulking back into like being averagely lean mm. so it was a really nice place to be training was going well i found that i was so much tighter on everything just because i had energy so it just meant that things felt nicer 140 on squats which was feeling like 180 on my back when i was cutting and started feeling like 100 you know like it just felt light and things were nice so you were feeling good and strong yeah yeah i was also thinking it could have been dehydration with your joints or it could have been because you're body fat produces estrogen your estrogen levels might have been getting too low and if your estrogen levels get low interesting um, yeah. that impacts on joints that's true just a couple of different things that i thought when you said joint pain from dieting but injury risk in training and stuff due to stuff like that <coughs> does go up while dieting. oh for sure yeah even if it was just because of like concentration interesting how have you been over the last week really good thank you mm -hmm. really good enjoying the sun um no issues in my personal life. Um, <laughs> six steps to slim going well. Excellent. New people joining every week. People enjoying the program. Running pretty smooth and steady. Um, no complaints, sir. No complaints. Really enjoying the sun. I'm glad the weather's getting better. I've got some different trips coming up. Where are you going? I'm going to Manchester this weekend. What you do? Archery. Oh, I want to do archery. Archery. That's with Beth. Fucking awesome. Yep, and I've never, I've just never also been to Manchester, and neither has she. I've oh, only yeah. ever been to the airport, so we're just going for a little look around as Probably well. The best get, part. get a hotel. Um, oh, sweet man! That's eat really some cool. food somewhere. Um, we're going to go to York. We've booked to go to London, but that's not until September. You've been to York before? Yeah, yeah. I love it in York. Yeah, York's well nice. Really good. I'm surprised you like London. I do like London. Do you? Yeah, I really, really do. Yeah. Not not everything. Mm. Uh, last time I went, it was in between two lockdowns and it was amazing. There was no <laughs> one anywhere. Really? Yep. Me and Beth went to Harry Potter World and there was no one oh, there I remember at hearing all. of this. Yeah. There was yeah, no yeah. one there. Literally, and we, we just walked around calm. They were social distancing everyone, but there was no one there. Nah. It was when people maybe thought it was going to be the end of the world still, so they just weren't interested in Harry Potter <laughs> at that minute in time. I, that's when I'd be maximum interest. I want to learn all these magic tricks and spells and Might shit. need them if it's the end. Yeah, this is it. I want to be able to fly if it's the end. <laughs> fly away from this coronavirus. Broomsticks. Exactly. Exactly. We went to the Tower of London. Oh, cool. The big old castle. No one there. Scary shit. There weren't anyone there. Any, no beheadings? There was no queues at all to see like the crown jewels or the 
diamond encrusted swords what? or anything like this we got an, we got ubers from one side of london to the other england literally the uber would turn up in two minutes no traffic bomb it straight across in 15 minutes straight there. so that's why you like london because it oh, had it your amazing. efficiency in mind last time it was amazing i think it's a fantastic city mm. um i wouldn't like to live there or work there because it's a bit too fast and hustle and bustle for me yeah i'm yeah, a calm I... guy Actually, we've got a chap that's just started at the gym that's come up from um, London, and he's been saying like everyone's so like nice and slower here and People like are nice chill. In Sheffield. Yeah, 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 and true, Sheffield is nice. But um, and he's going back down every weekend at the minute, which is a bit. It's a faster-paced life down there. Everyone's yeah, rushing sure. a bit more. Um, which I appreciate the, the hustle, but I also do. Stop yeah. and smell the roses, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't like to. Maybe I would like to live there, but it depends. Um, I wouldn't like to work there or be in that high, fast-paced no. lifestyle sometimes, but I love the architecture. Um, I love how many things there is to do. There's You could never go to every restaurant. There's just too many. How many... I'm, I'm a real big fan of... Um, like olden day things. So I like all the cathedrals, the towers, oh, okay. and all the, right. you know, all the ancient stuff. There's Roman walls still there. It's there's Natural ancient. History Museum. There's British Museum. You can go see some Egypt stuff and some swords. Egypt stuff? Yeah. <laughs> love me some Egypt, sir. I love me some Egypt. Yep, love me some repossessed I'm Egyptian property. I'm a true Egyptologist. Nice, are you really? <laughs> yeah, educated from YouTube. Ah, uh, well, the, the most <laughs> and qualified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, I just love stuff about ancient Egypt. I love ancient human history. I feel like you've mentioned that before, actually. Yeah. Do you, don't, wait, do you have a tattoo of a pyramid or something? No. I feel like you should. No. Pyramid with an I in it. That's got you written all over it. Well, that's like some Illuminati kind of exactly. game. Exactly. Then people start. I've really dropped you in it now. Questions. They're gonna know. They're gonna know. Start sneaking like a little triangle into your um, into all these symbols. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, that's hilarious. Okay, oh. right. Um, are we, shall we do a segment of some sort? Let's do it. It's, it's the what's better segment. What's better segment? Are we doing one each? Yes. Can I? Is it me first? Uh, sure, mate. It's beautiful. Beautiful. I've got one for you, and then a backup one. We've never, <laughs> we've never done this segment before. I can say, we do need to do, yeah. Yeah, let's tell the listeners at home what's going to happen. We're going to give each other two options. So it's going to be a vote, essentially. Maybe a debate. It'd be nice if you put forward arguments why. But it, you've just got to say, what's better? And fairly quickly, at least, in your initial talk, decision. Ob- yeah, obviously we're talking fat loss, fitness and food. Or health. Obviously, because we're nerds and we know nothing about anything else. I'm a one-trick pony. I don't Hell know Hell yeah, same thing everybody. You're a half-a-trick pony. Hmm? What? <laughs> Over there. A whole trick? <laughs> no. So it's time for some debate club. It's time for what's better. William, I propose to you the question. <laughs> what is better? <laughs> squats or deadlifts? Oh, squats. Really? For me. I, I, squats. I would also instinctively go for squats. squats. I, why, why then? Okay, well. Break po- it down. Personally, I like a squat and I don't like a deadlift. So that's pretty simple. And just, just for you in your training, you don't like deadlifts. For me and my preference, my actual like enjoyment in exercise and also my goals, because um, dead, deadlift doesn't have like a convention. If we're talking like a conventional deadlift from the floor up, 
doesn't particularly have many, well, much hypertrophic value. Let me interrupt you for one second. Mm. Let's just explain, just in case anybody doesn't know, what a squat and what a deadlift actually is. All right, so you're in the gym, you see the big rack cage thingy that's got wood at the bottom of it. If you're inside the cage, you're putting weight on your back, you're sinking it and you're standing it back up, that's a squat. That was a rubbish explanation. Nah, if you're on the bit behind <laughs> See, the rack, nah, if, you, uh, listen, if you're on the bit behind the rack, the floor, and you're lifting it off the ground up to the top, that's a deadlift. <laughs> um, yeah, squats where you've got weight on your back, usually a bar across the back of the shoulders, or not in every type of squat, that's not the case, but mm. you've got weight on your back and then you just, you go up and down sort of thing. What's better about it? The yeah, the Deadlifts, picking up a weight off the floor and then putting, back, putting it back down. Yeah. With a straight spine, using your back and legs at the same time. Yes. That sort of game. Yeah. So, sorry, go on then. Why, why, did, you, why did you instinct quite quickly go for squats over deadlifts? Well, again, personally, it's a preference of mine. Squats could, as well as... In hand, as well as progressing you and getting you stronger at the exercise squats, which there's a whole sport built around anyway, so that's its own thing, they also very strongly carry over to quad hypertrophy and therefore size. So they are in two camps pretty equally, that being, I guess, strength and athleticism or whatever, as well as aesthetics. So they serve two purposes more or less equally. Um, whereas like a deadlift is more or less solely in the strength camp and competition camp because that is also part of the same sport which is powerlifting, squat, bench and deadlift are the three main lifts for that. Um, and yeah, if, unless you're trying to get a stronger deadlift, the risk to reward race ratio is just a joke with what it actually gives you. It's the profitable returns are just crap. Like. I understand in terms yeah. of in terms of most goals for <coughs> excuse me most people it's not burning many calories it's not building much muscle in any specific areas you you would get stronger it is a good strength exercise it's, if you want if you want to be stronger you should be deadlifting it's the king of it's a deadlift it's the the strongest exercise it's the most basic thing ever just picking something off the floor i'd say that and pushing something overhead are the two most like strong things you know you could do like strength building exercises or, or like no just displays of strength okay, like across yeah. history and competition whatever shoving something over your head and picking it off the floor are like the two most stapling like yeah that makes strength sense. That, you that know what sense. i mean yeah the only time i would think that i might pick a deadlift over a squat is if in some not real situation I was given, let's say, an elderly client, and I was told that I could only do one exercise with them, ah. squats or deadlifts. I might choose the deadlift just because it's also got grip and back strength overall built into it. If you pushed into a corner, I can see. <laughs> if if I could, there, for yeah. some reason that's not real, yeah. only pick one. It never happened. No, it wouldn't. No. no. You know, just for debate club. No. That would be it the was, only time. If it was a more realistic, um, if it, if a more realistic like dilemma was around arise and that was that you only had time say in a session to do one with say an old lady considering that their skill and proficiency within the lifts would limit them from how much they can lift and therefore how much stress would say be put on their lower back i'd probably just superset the two and do a romanian deadlift yes and a high bar back squat if anything like box back squat or something and then those two things combined are about as far apart as they could be in terms of muscles activated while still being like very very similar-ish if that makes sense it does because the romanian deadlifts like a, it's a, it's an exercise that essentially works from 
the back of the knee up to the yeah <clears throat> up to the neck essentially yeah. everything behind you the full posterior chain but with hamstrings mostly on, hamstrings and glutes hamstrings mostly yeah. yeah glutes are involved lower back's nicely involved every erector that, that's my well, favorite yeah. lower back strengthening exercise overall yeah. i would say yeah, in yeah and so if you were to do a deadlift variation and didn't have your goals rooted in the deadlift itself i'd always pick romanian deadlift yeah yes i have can't ever really remember although i feel like it must have happened oh no i can i'm remembering a few instances so i can't say never but not very often do i have i ever in my life programmed a standard deadlift for a client and that's because i don't have clients really that want to just build pure strength i have clients that either want to look better feel better I don't know. Yeah. You know. People just with general health, fitness, yeah. exercise, toning, fat loss sort of goals. And that tracks because the only people I've ever programmed deadlifts for are ones that have asked for to ask to get stronger at deadlift. Yeah, that makes sense. But I do give people quite routinely different varieties of the deadlift, mm -hmm. like the Romanian deadlift, also yeah. the sumo deadlift. I would give that to clients quite yeah, often, yeah, that's especially much female more clients. hypertrophic. Yeah, yeah for, mostly for inner thighs and for glute work, for mm -hmm. bum, bum muscle work. It's also good for the lower back and it's a good full body strength exercise. Yeah, bit easier on the position for some people to get into, especially ladies with wider hips. I've recently poi chased. I think you've seen me using it. The Brett Contreras T bell um, piece of kit. It's really cool. It's fucking awesome because it's, I'd argue, mechanically better and puts more mechanical tension on the glutes and the muscle, whatever you're trying to do, then the bar went. And I think that might be out of the the practicality of how easy it is to learn the technique with that as opposed yes. to with the bar. Yes. Like if like I get people doing um, one of my biggest glute exercises now for all my ladies that want it is a sumo RDL movement. And that is, I'd say, probably better than hip thrust. Again, with all factors considered, maybe not for like overall load, but in terms of like teachability, over, like tension that you can put through the muscle, ability to squeeze at the top. Are you talking about range with of motion. Contreras contraction? Yeah. Okay, so just for people at home. Susceptibility for progressive overload, all these things, yeah. Sorry, go on. No, I understand what you're saying. The, th this, this contraption is, how could we Hard describe? To describe. <laughs> how could we describe it? So yeah, this contraption, a... if you imagine the end of a barbell that you would slide weights on, imagine chopping that off and just having it so that the weights could just slide on that end bit on its own. Now stand that end bit up on the floor yes. and load all your weights onto it vertically. And then it's got like a pin loaded handle system. The handle slides on top where the weights are and then a pin goes through that. So it's all secured together. And then with that, it means that these kind of style exercises that you can usually only load with your gym's heaviest kettlebell or dumbbell. Yes. It means that their ceiling for progressive overload is now I think it's rated up to 180 kilos, yeah, which no one's ever going to scrape. None of my clients and will ever do It's not very good with a dumbbell either because it's hard to hold when it's like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. It impacts yeah. your grip. Yeah. yeah, which a lot of the time you find out with like my female trainers is that they're, well, everyone, their lower body is so much stronger than their upper body is able to hold the weight that it can shift. So it's like you, it needs to have a good grip a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah it's the, the, when you say sumo for people mm. listening, that means you've got you mean wide leg stance essentially with your yeah, toes yeah, maybe yeah. pointed outwards. Yeah, and then it's like a keeping the hips high, RDL um, hinge from the hips with the back nice and straight, the chest nice and puffed out, and just with a slight bend in the knees. Yeah, breaks. push your bum out backwards, keep yeah. your head and chest up, that sort of thing. You're assen it's essentially reminding me of a rope pull-through, but a better version. Better version, of, I, I superset it with pull-throughs. 
Yeah, that's, that's double kind of the same it's thing. Almost a it? drop set, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, rope pull through is an okay exercise, but I always found that it's very difficult for people to learn to do the technique right. And you know what else I found? When people get stronger and stronger, I've known not my actual clients, but I've known two or three people get forearm injuries on the on this no side here from hold people who are quite strong from holding the actual rope. And then having their forearms on the legs as you do to like push forward with the glutes, but that sort of bend there, pulling back. I've known two people, or maybe three, I can't remember, strain this sort of muscle on the top here. That's doing... mad, I would not have thought that. But yeah. Fair. I've just known it happen. Yeah, so I, I stopped um, after I, I people said to me, oh, I've, I've been doing rope pull through, and I thought this, I thought, mm-hmm. not my clients, mm-hmm. but I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not giving that to my clients. Yeah, you're right in that just the, the sheer teachability of it is a bit weird the like because you've got to learn to hold the weight in your fingers but not hold the weight in your arms yeah and so exactly. that you're holding you're gripping it but all of the tension and the weight is actually in your legs and that's a weird thing to get people used to um it's yeah. usually something i chuck in a bit later in training once they figured out a basic hinge once they've learned how to squeeze their glutes this that and the other it's not a bad finisher like some variety <clears throat> no, sometimes no. the other the other thing about it is because the the leg stance is equal and not I don't, what, what would that be called? Parallel? No. Equal in uh, left dimension. to right. Oh, okay. Like you've not got one foot in front of the other. Yeah, you've got both yeah. legs equal left to right. Yeah. You can't do too much weight because it pulls you back. You can't get a yeah. a one foot back like I'm not even know if I'm how I'm like a split. Yeah, like dance, a split stance yeah. forwards and backwards, so you can get low and get. Because then what that would be would be a one legged hip thrust, which would or a, a split stance hip thrust, which I'd argue pretty awesome exercise, pretty good for glute development. Yeah, or it'd be Similar. like a single leg Romanian deadlift in like a weird way, where you've got one foot on yeah, the floor in that, yeah. the B stance yeah. version. But there isn't much of a hamstring component to um, rope pull throughs. That's true. Yeah. Because of the angle that the weight comes at. It's all lateral, so yeah, that yeah, makes sense. It doesn't particularly pull, it doesn't demand hip extension in like a, a hamstringy way. There's no, what would you call it, like vertical load to it, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we've probably anyway, lost all of the listeners. Anyway, this segues <laughs> nicely into my um, so, what's better. All right, then. So you picked squats, essentially. I picked squats. And g- just give me the two-second re-rundown of why you like squats better than deadlifts. They build big quads. They build big squats. Big squats are cool. Big quads are cool. Deadlifts can injure you, and they're not that beneficial. Okay. <laughs> Does that do? Yeah, fine. So, I, yeah. I also pick squats, personally. Yeah. I also. What's I, your quick rundown? Um, not quick enough. What's better between? (laughs) 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 Okay, what's better? This feeds in quite nicely as well. Uh, High rep training or low rep training? High rep training. Okay. Digress. I believe. Digress. Um, I use high rep training myself. Okay, firstly, I need to go back a little bit because it depends what we're classing as high rep training because my version of high rep training is probably not the same as the scientific version of high rep training. Yeah. What are we classing as high rep first? Uh, I'll I think, say between... Go on. I think more than 12, that's what I class as high. I just said between 10 and 15, yeah. All right, because that's not technically high. Not technically, no. No, I knew. So the, the, the high reps is like, what, 20 plus? That'd be really high reps. Mm, yeah, yeah. That'd be actually high. Um, but I always steer towards higher rep training with clients than lower rep training for a number of reasons. Um, number one, if you're a beginner, which most of my clients are throughout all of history, they're beginners. If let's say myself and you both start training, you always do five reps. I always do 15 reps. 
the real the real thing we're looking for is progressive stimulus or progressive overload, isn't it? So we're mm-hmm. looking to add weight or reps, and the body doesn't really know which. It only knows was it harder than last time or increased stimulus. It doesn't really know whether you added reps or weight. So they're kind of both equally effective. But if you do five reps and I do 15 reps and we both train both as hard and we both go to failure, we'll probably get the same muscle and strength strength gains. But by the end of year one, I've benched three times mm-hmm. as much as you. Yeah. And for a beginner, the skill component factor of getting better at the actual exercises gets them stronger and better results. The skill factors really can, can ramp up and increase with beginner clients. Because they've just done more reps, they've had more time under the bar, they've had grooving that correct pattern with someone watching them and making them do it right. <clears throat> that's that's always my number one reason for beginners. Um, number two, if reps and weight are both equally effective for increase, which they probably kind of are-ish, it, it's probably similar. In my opinion, higher rep training averages a little bit safer. Uh, rather than just racking heavier and heavier and heavier weights onto a beginner client, them doing another rep in in my head at least maybe it's not true i don't know but in my head at least it always seems safer rather than just racking the weights up as fast as possible on people and keeping the weights always really heavy because the heavier the weight is and the lower reps the tighter your technique's got to be mm-hmm. well said it's, yeah it's more difficult to keep the, more the technically correct. proficient you need yeah to be. it's more difficult to keep the correct path as well the heavier it is like if i tried to bench three reps i've been benching for a long time but i'm not trained well to bench three reps my mm-hmm. technique would probably not be great on, on 12 to 20 reps, I can do great benching technique. If I start getting below five, probably I'm going to be squirming. My chance of injury is going up. My risk to reward ratio is going down. And my number one thing with every single client, number one rule is do not injure the client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, do not injure the client That's, is number one. Yeah. Progress is number two. Interesting. I like that. Do not injure the client always is number one. If there's any, And this is why none of my clients have ever got injured directly while I've been there watching them. Some directly of, while I've been there. Some of them have got injured yeah, more yeah. on their own, sessions on their own. When, I've not been there, when I've not been there yeah, yeah, yeah. or afterwards. Literally, they have. Um, but none of my clients have ever gotten any real injury in a session with me ever because I always err on the side of safety, number one. That was just always talked to me as like personal training. Yeah, no. By my original mentors. That's always goal well, one. I, well, longevity and consistency is the main thing in everything let alone the gym so i mean and if you wipe yourself out for a month then that's not consistent <laughs> i tweak a lady's lower back or exactly. neck or something she can't help the kids properly she's struggling to get to work or to cook it's not legit mm-hmm. also in sports in sports if you're a sports coach rule number one is always do not injure the athlete yeah but i need to make them stronger yeah, but do not always injure, don't do not injure the always athlete. don't be injured. you know if you if you're running a team of nfl players yeah, you're yeah, injuring yeah. the athletes in the weight room Can so you they imagine? can't actually play yeah you're going to be so fired so <laughs> so immediately when you talk about it on that scale it's so, so obvious as well just don't injure yeah, yeah. you you need to make progress you to come, and help come and feel better about herself and you make her feel physically worse it's you not, know no, or if you're hampering their training in another way if you're training them so hard in the weight room that they're actual skill football training is getting negatively impacted that's not necessarily helping yeah yeah, so anyway so my number two is i'm always looking for safety and it always seems a little bit safer to just work on moving the reps up and up and up and getting them used to the weight and the technique rather than just racking the weights heavier and heavier um i would i will say after a client probably gets past like i don't know let's say one year of training or Every few months of training, if a client wanted to, we could drop the reps a little bit lower. Like I usually start yeah, yeah, beginner yeah. clients on probably 15 reps on everything. 
And I teach really beginner clients that if they can do 20 in a row of anything, they should probably bump the weight up. Yeah. So I get them just, it just if you're on any machine doing any exercise, warm up, build the weight up, practice a few sets. And then if you get to a level where you can do 20 in a row on anything, you should probably think about bumping it up. Because then when they bump it up, they'll still do 15. Because on average, in my opinion, you lose about five reps per minimum weight increment. Whatever that yeah. is on a different yeah, exercise. Yeah, you're probably about right with That's that. That's what I estimate for. Probably about that. If someone can do 10 and I bump the weight up, they might do 4 to 6 or something. If someone can do mm. 15 and I bump the weight up, they'll do 8 to 12. They might do 10. Yeah, definitely. I'm just there's, putting a little bit up. So I always know in my head as well. There's a percentage you've got to consider that with that to the extremes, but in general training in the middle ground, that's pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah. Just, just for most exercises. So I know if one of my clients is doing 15 reps on any exercise and they say, oh, I want to try a bit more. Do you think we could do some more? Yeah. I know I can say yes, because they're still going to do eight to 10. Yeah. It's not going to be ridiculous. They're going to be able to control it. It's not going to yeah. be way too heavy for them. Um, I think it's interesting to find the line with training because in terms of not with what you get from training, but the actual training itself, arguably the only fun element of it is um, seeing how strong you can get. And especially I find with say female clients, it's nice to get them to a point where you can test some strength things like a push-up, a pull-up. And so there's some things I think that it's quite fun or interesting to put like a heavy set in, but I think by and large, I would agree that, yeah, if you would ask me the same question, I'd, I'd choose high rep. Really? Yeah. I was just about to say I could go on, but I'll finish there. Those are my, those are my main points, really. Mm -hmm. But I didn't expect you to say that. I thought you were going to go for the opposite. I thought you would go for low reps. Because I know you like low rep training for yourself. I, I know you also you do both. I know you do both. But I know you, you're a bigger fan of low rep training than, than me. I know you do low rep training with clients if that's applicable to their goals and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So then yeah. why do you say high rep training? More or less all the reasons you said. Um, things along the lines of longevity, general life enjoyment, um, abilities to have energy available for other things um risk to reward it's more fatiguing ratio, doing lower reps that's a good so point so much so yeah that's a good point um you can get more done in a session due to shorter rest periods if you yeah, go higher yeah, reps because yeah, 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 the yeah. rest periods are shorter it's not yeah. as hard to recover plus strength doesn't well strength and hypertrophy strength and muscle mass size whatever they don't need much of a stimulus to maintain whilst muscle Mass needs less stimulus to maintain, but muscle strength itself doesn't need too much. Like if you're doing a heavy thing every now and then, um, that will maintain your strength quite nicely. Like I find on, yep. well, at the minute, <laughs> at the minute I've been um, trying to blow up my arms a little bit because I've been the lower body king for so long. And I will respect you and say that it's been working. Ah, I've noticed respect. in the gym that your arms have been getting a little Thank bit more you, bulky. I appreciate it. Yeah, and, not, that, a, and not a single vein was seen that day. Never will be, bro. No, <laughs> never will there be. wasn't a single vein in sight. But my brother came and trained at the gym today, who is recordably fatter than me, and he had a recordably, <laughs> recordably fatter vein than I've ever seen really? growing got up his arm. Fat bicep vein. Yeah, brilliant. Pump on. Um, but what was I saying? Um, <laughs> some bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah, I think all things considered, I'm going to choose the the high high rep as well. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Debate club. Debate club. Debate club done? Debate club done. We pick squats and high training. High reps, not together. If you do though. high reps on not squats. Not together, not together. No, that'll, be that'll be good if you do that. No, That's no, no. High rep, high, squats is the one place I do low reps. <laughs> I never do low reps on squats, only high reps for me. Yeah, that's because your back will go shooting across the room, won't it? Some vertebra. Um, you yeah. used to lift heavy, although 
No, I used to lift heavy proportionately for me. Yeah. I've yeah, still yeah. never, I've never done five reps or less yeah. on anything. Yeah. I used to be able to squat 120 for nine was my best. That's nice. That's with really nice, nice bodybuilding technique. Yeah, I've seen that nice down. technique. Yeah. I remember admiring it. Um, I can't do that anymore. Um, last week I did. More so because of like, dropping skill than strength, I'd say though. You'd probably still have the raw strength there, but you haven't squatted in no, I've years. Squ- no, I've squatted all the time. What? When did you last squat? Last week. Barbell back squat. Yep, but I only did 80 for sets of 15. Oh shit, it's because you don't train legs at my gym, that's why I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I train legs at a different gym. Because um, I think you only do it here, see? I stopped got... squatting for a while. You yeah. were, you're right in that instance because I had hip injuries. Mm, that was, I remember. That's why yeah. I've been doing all the hip kicks and all the flexibility work. Now it's getting a lot better and I'm up to 80 for sets of 15. And to be honest, it's not hard for me mm. to do. I did, I did like five sets with probably like one minute rest. Oh no, or that's something. endurance. Uh, it wasn't that heavy though. It's not that heavy for me. It's it's, Time to go heavier, it's then, pretty bro. easy, but I don't like going heavy. That's the thing. I think my hips are going to get injured. I'll probably never squat over a hundred kg ever in my life. I'd say scrap it as an exercise. Then, if there's a ceiling to your progressive overload that's that low, I, there's no point doing it. I'd argue, unless you really like it. I don't like it. Do you know the thing? Nothing else makes my thighs as muscly and toned and feel great as back squat i can do split squats and leg presses and hack squats right. until the cows come <laughs> as soon as i start doing back squat they just start getting bigger so and maybe more toned um, and pop it towards the end of your session so you can use it but you can yep. use it more appropriately sometimes i do that yeah, i literally do nice. it last i start with glutes and then hip warming up and then i do abs and then i do hamstrings and that's i do it last and not heavy yeah, yeah. literally that's um, probably a good idea but i like it for the lower back um sort of strengthening that it gives as well. Um, I squ- I don't squat quite as low as I used to. I'm still going to like parallel, but I used to okay, squat good. super low. <laughs> now I don't squat super low on purpose and I'm going lighter and doing more volume with less weight. So I'm still really fatiguing the quads with like five sets of 15 on 80. It's yeah, that's quite, like it's quite a lot, lot of with reps. only one minute rest. My quads work burning. Yeah, that's a lot of volume. Yes, because I'm, do- I'm doing it because I want them to be like yeah. toned and strong and feeling good. I think, I mean, to be honest, like when I do lift heavy, um, it, it, I do like being training for strength and being strong, but I use it because there, there are some exercises that, if you, if you consider exercises tools that give you, that are good for a job, like you wouldn't pick a screwdriver out your toolbox to hit a hammer in the wall, you'd pick the right tool. And squats, something like that, is such a mechanically sound, strong movement that it arguably lends itself much more to tensile stimulus and going really heavy um, and leaving something like leg extension or walking lunges or something like that that's got so many less components of skill and other elements of fatigue and boredom and balance and cardiovascular fuckery to it as you might put it use those for more of like a higher rep metabolic stimulus so i think sometimes when i pick and choose a strength approach over a hypertrophic approach, it's purely because of the practicality of the exercise and the science that suggests that there's like for squats, for example, for me, if I was trying to do 15 reps, say, the weight that my quads can handle to do 15 reps, I do not have the core stability to maintain tightness for that amount of time. And I don't have the cardiovascular capabilities to maintain I didn't, yeah, to maintain my proper bracing for that amount of time. So that would mean that if my quads are fatiguing here, but my everything else is fatiguing here, mm-hmm. this is the first thing that reaches failure. And so I'm constantly never quite reaching into this last little bit of resource reservoir that I've got in the quads. Whereas something like leg extension that is in no way uh, affected by any other external factors, it's just quads. I know I can, I can take that until I'm dead. 
And so I think I just get pushed by the science into what lends itself better to what as to how I make my decisions. That's exactly how I do my workout as well, because I will do squats and yeah. my my hips and glutes are my weaker points, I would say, whereas my thighs are always being quite big and quite strong. You've got nice quads and a little ass, I agree. Yeah, thank you. Then. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so when I when I do squats, even after those sets of 15, my quads can still do more. Um, yeah, so I, I do do leg extension. Exactly yeah, for right. sure. I do. I do leg extension. And if you don't find that in those fifteen reps you get too much fatiguing anywhere else, then I'd say grand. You probably just bulletproofed your core or some shit. That's nice. Yeah, my core's strong. Nice. Yeah, I do loads of core work. Probably mm. like I didn't used to, but especially through lockdown, I started doing loads. And then now being back at the gym, I've probably been doing core work like three times per week. Legit, very legit. Mm. Should we do a news article? Let's do news articles, sir. Let's do news articles. Um, I'm just going to make a little timestamp. Boom. News of the week. <laughs> All right then, sir. What have you got for me? Where do you want to start? Do you have any specific preferences? Um, what was that second one you read out? Let's go for it, regardless of which one that it is. Ah. It's running for weight loss. Yeah, and the second seven one. different ways or something, right? Eight, eight questions I'm going to ask you, uh, and I think we'll uh, just go back and forth okay. about them. Um, so this was an article in Women's Health magazine, answering your eight most commonly asked questions about running for weight loss. News of the week. And I haven't written down or taken notes at all of what the article said, <laughs> to be honest. That's nice. I've just taken their questions and I just thought we would talk about them, regardless of whether that. they've got the correct answer or not. I'm not really interested, to be honest. Um, we will have the correct answers. You reckon? I reckon so. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, is running good for weight loss? Oh, I hate this question. That's it. Why? This is a great question. <laughs> um, Let's discuss news of the week. It depends. <laughs> always depends. That's As is the age old yeah, answer. Start. It yeah. always depends. Um, okay, okay. Risk to reward, reward ratio, I'd say no. Risk to reward ratio? Sorry, not risk to. Um, profitable return ratio. Okay. I would say no. Sorry, yeah. It's more what that, I'd Okay, say. I can see where you're going with this. Physiologically, yes. Okay. But different things. I think two things can be true at once. Running will consistently stand to be probably one of the best calorie burners of all time. Correct. That can be true, whilst also true is that the actual implementing of that is just not going to have work and And therefore no. And the even though running is one of the best calorie burners of all time, that doesn't mean it burns a lot of calories. No, no, how, no, no, how about very just, well said. It's just the best of the poor burners. Yes, how about it's, it's just to... the best of you're choosing to try and outrun how much you're eating <laughs> as opposed to stop eating. It's not easy to burn any calories in any way. No, true, and well said. So people can understand why running and walking as well, because did you know that on average it burns roughly the same calories to run 5k as to walk 5k or to, to run the same distance and walk the Intensity same distance? for volume. Yeah, it's it's your mass moved through space, not the speed that you did it. That's nice. Yeah. That much mm. that determines most of not all, but most of the calorie burning value. Yeah, and that's um, dead right. It's and it's yeah, it just boils down to as simple as that. It's substituting intensity for volume, which yeah. So I weigh works. Rough, I weigh roughly seventy two kilograms or something like that. Every time I take a step, let's say just for six value that it's a one meter step mm. every time i take one step i move 72 kilograms across the earth by one meter that seems like, like a fucking hero that seems like 
it's easy to take a step, but that's actually that's actually quite a lot of work done. Enough of those. And you can well. understand how hard it is to actually walk if like you can do ten thousand, you did twenty thousand steps per day. Try and walk across this room on your hands, and then now that now you we can realize if anybody can imagine that how hard walking actually is. Even yeah. if you've got strong arms, go for it. Even if you take out the balance component, and someone holds your That's legs. That's very interesting. Go yeah. for it. Try and get to the shop. You es- won't. Especially because we have more of a perception of what weight feels like relative to our hands than yeah. distributed across yeah. our body and on our legs. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the legs are unusually strong against gravity and to move us around the earth. We just don't realize it because we've just been doing it since birth. Um, Why are my calves so small then? <laughs> what's going on there, God? So, some of it's genetic. Some of it's, ah. the, some of it's that you don't train calves that hard, William. I would have to agree. Yep, I know. <laughs> if, if you trained calves as hard as you train quads, then you'd have big calves. This is this is all. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about your Please genetics. Calls me out. <laughs> you, you, you don't look at your arms and say, "Oh, it's my genetics." I'm glad that you chose quads as the parallel to, to compare. And I know arms, you smash though. quads. Okay, so I at least I'm still on the quads. leg day like crew. Yeah, I'm not I'm, saying you've got small legs because you don't. You, you smash leg training, <laughs> but just not the entire leg. We talk. You're just tagging about, on a bit man. of extra calves at the end. Talk. They've been getting hit in Nordics recently. That counts, right? I feel like there's a decent overload stimulus to the gastroc. With Do you them. really? Yes. Do you really though? Convincingly. Because <laughs> I'm Can just you not tell? <laughs> I know, I just fully don't. Uh, how, how much is your calves working on a hamstring curl? It definitely assists. On on an, on an purely eccentric movement though, I think it's elevated Ladies and quite gentlemen. a bit. Yeah, Ladies and gentlemen. Just because of the sheer load. What to am it. I hearing? Because think of the loads to that, like in terms of progressive overload. The sounds of backpedaling. <laughs> I don't even know. I what's, can't backpedal. I don't have calves, conversation. I can't even forward pedal. Obviously, it's not working because where, where are the results? Right, right here where before are the you. Results? On the audio version only. <laughs> um, oh, God. Um, running works, but don't do it. <laughs> is that the summary? Yeah, the summary. Um, yeah, to get back to the question. So is running good for weight loss? Um, oh, oh, sorry. Just to conclude what I was saying earlier, if, if you don't mind. You know the walking, every time you move one meter, oh, yeah. 72 kilograms. This is why weightlifting doesn't burn many calories because how many times, let's say even if a bench press is one meter, mm-hmm. which it might be a bit less, but let's just call it the same. How many times could I bench press 72 kilos to burn the same calories as walking? You can do 10,000 steps a day. You can't do 10,000 ventures. Yeah. That's not a real thing. So true. And if you're not such a strong person and you've got like four kgs on dumbbells, let's say you're doing an overhead press, it's good for your strength. Like you said, powerful strength movement, four kg, you might only be able to do six. But let's say again, just for argument's sake, it's one meter on the press. It's not, mm-hmm. let's say it is. Then you've only moved six and six, 12 kg, one meter per rep Yeah. versus a step. You move your entire body weight. Yeah, across yeah. The, and that's, that's why it's exponentially more where calorie burned. burn comes from is the amount of muscles that are being moved at once and the amount of demand put on the heart and the cardiovascular system to distribute energy as much as we need it. And then that energy obviously is then fat. And so, yeah, the more you can move at once, the more you burn at once. Yeah, so if you're just lifting a little space. thing a little bit, you're not burning much at once. Yeah, yeah. it's mass move through space. Yeah, so you're moving yeah. your entire body with I'm going to start versus, using that. That's going to be a Versus with there. weightlifting, it's just a tiny bit of weight at <coughs> a very short distance with using very few muscles actually yeah. for most exercises like you said. Um, is, is running good for weight loss? It works definitely, doesn't it? It definitely burns calories. Let's put pressure on ourselves and say that we have to give a non-contextual overriding answer to these. And so I'm going to say no. Does it have to be a yes or no? It has to be in one 
park, it can't ride the lion, yeah? Then I'll also say no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mm, no, I'm, I'm second-guessing myself so, immediately. So, a, a podcast that I listen to has got a... I might say yes. Well, okay, so the, the, uh, where I'm coming from with this, a podcast I listen to has a segment where they talk about a new movie or something that's just come out, and they have best movie or worst movie ever, is the way that they score it, and they just have to pick best movie, worst movie ever. Uh, so, yes or no, bro, you'd run in for cardio. No. For weight loss, I'm going to have to say no. Okay. For weight loss, I'm going to have to say That's no. uncomfortable though, isn't it? No, but, yeah, because it's <laughs> Does that it, make you it feel always like, says he's that running... That fills me with anxiety. <laughs> it only says he's running good for weight loss, and it is good, it's just not great. It's just not the best. Ah. So I'm tempted, so I can't... You can't say no, but you can't say yes, because it's... I don't want to be act like it's the best thing ever, because it's not walking outperforms it. Well, plus, when I'm saying, we're saying this with no context, this is after the contextual argument we've given beforehand, so <laughs> who really cares? <laughs> Um, the thing about running, essentially, well, there's a few things. One is that calorie burning's hard overall. If you can run 10k in an hour, you probably burn 500 calories or something. Depends how much you weigh, but you might burn 500 calories. It's three and a half thousand calories per pound, so you've got to run seven 10ks, or it's 49,000 calories per stone. Yeah. I don't even know what Not that is. Not doing that maths. Or don't, calculator. or don't eat 500 calories a day. Yeah, you could do a bit of both, like, which like is always nice. When you know what the, when at least us in our profession, when we know what the other option is, like versus all the blood, sweat, and tears that someone would put into that approach, when we know that the other option, whilst it's uncomfortable, is just do it in the opposite direction and don't eat those calories. It's like that's just leaps and bounds ahead and easier, isn't it? It's faster, yeah. Um, it's it's easier to get the job <coughs> done, yes. Excuse me. The practicalities are, are different for different people. Some people don't mind going for a jog, but they hate mm. dieting. Some mm. people don't mind eating better, but they hate running. So, the, but it's it's definitely faster and a more efficient approach, definitely. Because um, although yes, if you do ten k walking or running, let's say you burn five hundred calories, how often can you do that really with? Time practicality, you've got a job, you've got kids. Recoverability is a big yes. factor, if especially I'm... when you're in an energy deficit. Most people that try and start running to lose weight do it because they've only just started trying to lose weight. Yeah. I.e., your lifestyle has lended itself to eating food and not running all of your life. And all of a sudden, you're going to try and eat less food, less energy, yeah. be in a position worse from the place you were in before to then start doing cardio as well. Like... It's just the worst time that anyone could ever pick to start trying to do cardio, and they always pick that time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that 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 does make sense. They're using the wrong tool for the wrong job, and if you've got a lot of weight to lose, you probably can't run ten k. So you 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 probably can't even burn five hundred calories. No. You probably don't even have the the option to yeah. do that. You just can't physically do that. The amount of time that it's going to take before you die on your first run, if you've got a lot of weight to lose, is going to be enough time to demoralize you and make you feel like crap and like you're not going to want to do it again tomorrow it's gonna to be enough time for all those things to happen and nowhere near enough time for anything significant to have happened in the pro in the way of fat loss not for fat loss yeah not so for like loss. No. if you're doing cardio you can think that's great because one of the things about cardio is if you get yourself really out of breath and you get your heart rate up that has positive yes cardiovascular healthy for sure so if you can only run two streets and by the end of it you're knackered if that's the most you can do, you've put you, you've put out one hundred percent capacity. Yeah, Good yeah, on you. Yeah. Recover, take two days that's off, just three like days off. Let's go when again. you come to the gym and you're the new person or you're a small person and yeah. you can just get away with doing less than everyone else. One it's exercise like, per muscle, <laughs> I win. And you've killed it. Yeah, exactly. And you're making great progress. Yes, yeah, so you don't exactly. have to. so for fitness, obviously running's great, that's what it's for. Yes. For fat loss specifically, 
it's just hard to burn that many calories. You know, if I run more more than twice per week, my ankles and feet start to get injured. Exactly. A lot of people blast their knees apart. Some people get hip problems. Some people haven't got time for it. You can burn calories, but it's really difficult. It takes a lot of time. There's injury and recovery, like you said. Some people, it even makes them hungrier. There's that thing we were talking about last time. I think it's called something like post-exercise energy compensation. Or oh, something yeah. Something like yeah, that, yeah. where when people, after they run, sometimes you, you're a bit hungrier. It comes in, it comes in dietary factors and calorie burning factors sometimes you're hungrier so people statistically this is shown in studies people who burn more calories eat more calories literally because it makes people hungry if you monitor people and you get people who just diet versus people who diet and um burn calories through like running or exercising as well sometimes the people who run end up eating that's interesting i didn't know that not in like a chemical way at least no yeah and it happens through energy as well where if you run 10k your ankles and knees might be the sore the next day and then you just end up sat around yeah 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 yeah. so you end up burning less calories the next day yeah you were talking about that last time with the eating as well like you do well one day and then the next day compensates and you just yep and that's why walking overall outperforms running for Mm -hmm. weight loss um because you can't walk I mean, sorry, you can't run 10 kilometers every day. That's not possible. But you, no. you might be able to walk 10 kilometers Walking every day. is very recoverable. It takes longer. You've been walking for a while. But it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's much lower impact, so you can get through more of it in a period of time than you can running. Yeah. Literally, and again, that's that substituting intensity for volume. Mass that's exactly time. what it is. It's making it easier so yeah. that you can do more, so that you can move your body further through space, even though it takes longer to walk. Yeah, you need more time, but okay. But that's why it outperforms it. Anyway, should we go on? Number two. Number two. How much should I run to lose weight? Number three. <laughs> yeah, um, no, probably probably not at all. You should run for health and fitness I mean, and happiness. Circle and... back to timestamp for number one and then we'll do number three. Yeah, that's... Number three. Does running help you lose weight on its own? No. I would say overall probably not, again, because no. of the energy compensation. There needs to be more com- conscious exercise. effort towards calories in. Yeah. Uh, especially with the, the bigger psychological factor. effects that come with finishing a run and going, ah, that was good, I've earned That's her. also another factor. No, you haven't. That's also no, you another haven't. factor. Well, you've exactly earned right. fat loss once you've done your run. You haven't earned any reward immediately. You're exactly right. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. The reward can be health and being slimmer and fitter. It or it could be that much as well. And then have nothing's been achieved. Yeah. Does it? it doesn't yeah. have to be eating um number four is running the best cardio for fat loss no oh go on then what, what what out competes it i i think to be honest i think i jumped the gun a bit there i think preference would play a big part because my immediate one would be cycling that's a good answer that's all right i get where you're going now that's a good answer you can take that one for sure um, you, 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 I, I think walking would also, if that counts as cardio, is debatable. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I my think, brain didn't go there. I think walking yeah. would outperform it. You could also bar to me that cross trainer overall might be more effective due to working the arms and legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lower impact, so you can yeah. you can do more hours of cross yeah, trainer per day than you could running. Yeah, yeah, couldn't you? You can get your arms and legs involved. Mm. You can do more. You won't blast your knees and ankles to bits. Yes. If you put, you could, you could argue with me that a cross trainer might be better than running directly. Yeah. But walking also outcompetes running definitely, depending on if that's cardio or not. I wonder what the rule of moving mass through space when you get a help like a bike, a mechanical advantage. I wonder what the yep. what that does to the dynamics of that rule. Loads. Mm, interesting. Loads. The re- the way you can tell this is people run a marathon mm. like for a really hard running race. The Tour de France 
is a really hard cycling race. Yeah, and the difference between them. <laughs> that, yeah. well, how many marathons, how many miles fit in yeah, a, into yeah. the Tour de France. Yeah. That shows you how All of them? <laughs> that, sh- that shows you how exponentially easier it is to move on yeah, a bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and it's lower but impact, so it's the lends recovery itself, thing. Yeah, to, like you say, it's better for recovery. Um, it's... Again, this is where the preference would come in, and I don't know about my answer, but it's arguably more enjoyable in terms of like the scenery you could get to, the the feel of a bike or something. There's that I personally think there's definitely more to be enjoyed on a bike. But again, that's a preference thing, isn't it? Interesting. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a preference thing. I understand what you. I like your walking answer. That's probably pretty legit. Yeah. Do you know about metabolic equivalents? Mets. No. This is a way of how you can work out how many calories people burn based on their body weight and intensity and time and distance and other okay. other factors. Um, let me see if I can just look it up. Mets. Yeah, I've put in Mets. It's come up with the Mets. New York yeah, Mets. Yeah, of course it has. Um, yeah, it stands for, it's short for metabolic equivalence. Mets cycling versus running because it also depends how fast you go because running's got a constant intensity whereas if you put out the same intensity on a bike although you'd go faster you know what i mean you can mm. put out the same yeah because intensity. i find yeah there's much more of um one thing that's true for running for sure is that you can get into much more of a rhythm because there's less undulation to it like when you hit a hill running you can kind of keep your pace up whereas on a bike you've obviously got gears to think about and then you've got different terrains as well as different uh, uh, inclines to think about. And so you can't really find a, a nice cadence to it because you're constantly switching back and forward between gears and inclines and such as well. So you, you find like, obviously you go between different extremes of freewheeling downhill and doing all of nothing and burning nothing to then going uphill and literally dying. <laughs> like whereas on a, when you're uh, running, you don't get nearly those extremes. Yes, that's true. That's one of the hardest things that I found about running was I, I used to cycle before I ever did any running. And I found I found cycle, cycling psychologically easier because I could look at the top of a hill got a rest. and blast it to the top, knowing that when I get to the top, there's a little bit of a break as you coast down the other side. And I, I screwed myself over the first few times I ever tried to go running because I would burn it to did the top that. of a hill and then find I got to the top and there's no break. You still no wheels. Keep, no, you still have to keep your legs. There's no wheels. I mean, I'm thinking, what's happening? Ah. Where's the brake? And I'd burnt myself out on hills. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Makes running's sense. got a different pace. It's a. You, you, it's a you just lie down on your side and roly poly your way down. <laughs> Emulate a bike. Nice. Um, I've decided. I have found the Mets thing, but I think we should just talk about this off camera because it might just be too All right, let's do too that. complicated and boring. We'll be nerds. There's a specific calculation that you can work out how many calories people burn doing different activities. Oh, that's just, cool. just if you ever want that's to really know. Cool. Based on body weight and what they do I and do perceived intensity. Yeah. So you can put in cycling, how many miles, average speed, terrain, stuff like that into this MET calculator and then it'll bring out roughly based on your body weight what you burned. Hmm. Stuff like that. That's really cool. I use it occasionally with yeah, clients. That's awesome. um, number five, what type of running is best for weight loss? Backwards. <laughs> that's not a real answer. No, you got to run backwards. That's not a real answer. If you're not running backwards, you're not losing fat. You'd probably burn more calories because your technique would be awful. So you'd have such poor like muscular efficiency, you would burn more calories on a backwards 5k. Probably you'd, I'm you'd get lighter because you'd gonna fall you. down and die. It's the and correct then... answer. <laughs> um, slower, long, slower, longer running would be better than like 
sprinting than backwards running oh yeah yeah <laughs> sprinting <laughs> sprinting or like high intensity or going really fast you wouldn't get as far therefore you although your heart rate's up higher you'd burn yeah. less calories because you've not done as much technically i think most things revolving around fat loss boil down to low intensity high volume is that's the, best the same way for to do food it. as well that's you're, what i'm saying exactly most things right. around fat that's loss an interesting... food is better as well isn't it but you not always yeah but most about, you could say so yeah you, you could argue that that's an interesting like, most fat loss things are like yeah Take the stop and smell the roses. Consistency is your best friend. Longevity is what will work and help. And time. You've spent three years getting fat. You trying to reverse it in a year it needs to be consistent for the year. It needs to take that nice low intensity approach so it can be maintainable. A year sounds like a long time though, William. I'd like it done in three weeks. Well then, you're gonna have to come and hire me, aren't you? <laughs> humble plug <laughs> be nice if it could be done in three Does weeks that, have I raised the bar too high there now someone's going to come and look for 20 kilos worth of fat loss in three weeks now Mint. I would not agree do to that. that goal no I would not agree no, no. to that which leg do you want to lose <laughs> yeah I would not agree to that goal what's next um, number six why am I always hungry after running um, don't know it's just because you've burnt calories and you've burnt glucose and your body's just yeah. sending yeah, your body's just Anything sending signals that you that? no, your no. body just sends signals that you require nutrition. You might have broke down muscular tissue, you might have created tiny little micro fractures mm. in bones that that need recovering. That's how your bones get stronger and stuff. So your body sends nutritional signals for we've burnt, especially if you're in a calorie deficit. Now you're burning the candle at both ends, you've not eaten enough and you've burnt all those calories that you didn't even eat. That's what I was saying about people that start their running careers when they first, for the first time in their life, also decided to be in an energy, a literal energy. Yeah, and then you wonder why you suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm going to do the most energy intensive thing I've ever done in my life, but I'm going to do it in an energy deficit. You're exactly right. It's like, why, bro? You're exactly <laughs> why are you right. Gonna kill yourself? Number seven, should I follow a running plan to lose weight? No. No, you should follow a weight loss plan to lose weight. And you should Come follow on. a running plan to get better at running. You're exactly right. Um, number eight, what's the best running app for weight loss? Strava. Strava's not bad yet. Um, <laughs> Apple Watch or something like that. One that Strava because of the social factor, I'd say. Any that tracks your progress and how far you've gone so you can do progressive overload with running, you can make sure your time's getting better or you're getting a bit further each Pause time. you on your shit, yeah. Something like that. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's Women's Health Magazine answering your eight most commonly question asked questions about running for weight loss. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. News of the week. News of the week. Nice. That was nice. I like that. Ooh, yeah. What time are we on? Are we doing another of those? What news articles? Yeah. Uh, we're on one hour twelve. Oh, mint. Wicked. Yeah. Well within the. I don't uh, mind how long the podcast is. Mm, they just, do. Actually, there's two clocks in here and none of them are the correct time. I know. They've all run out of batteries and I've not changed them. It so constantly it's... sits in the back of my brain when we're doing the podcast that none of them are at the right time. So it's actually, it's a, you come into a time warp when you come into my studio mm. here where you don't actually know how long you've been here. And I imagine that's how it feels for the listeners because it's just so smooth so back and forth how are you how are you not going to get lost and caught up and swept away man I enjoy the podcast and conversation I enjoy the podcast I hope other people do too Stimulate if you do it. leave us on a like or leave us on a comment or share it send it to someone yeah send it to somebody Let's else get the, 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 the word out there the more people watch the more we'll do yeah that's true and we've got some the, special the things coming soon yeah we've got um, hope, hopefully new segments coming soon and we've got guests mm, and stuff yes Booking the guests is so awkward, isn't it? It's, it's proving difficult. It is. <laughs> Everybody who has podcasts complains about booking I think especially guests. on the completely amateur dramatic levels, it's like everyone you're pulling in also has a job to consider or something as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
Um, shall we move on? Another article? Yeah, man. I quite like this one. It's about the woman who lost a lot of weight. Wales Online. Mum who spent £400 a month on takeaways sheds 12 stone in six months. That's insane. A stone a month. Two stone per month. 12 Wait, stone in, in six, in six months. months. That's too many stones in not enough months. Oh. That's, that wow. is... That's unusually fast weight loss. I would and say... And to go from what to what? From... A size 26 to a size 8. Jesus Christ. It says. Um, her highest weight was 22 stone. That's insane. Down to 10 then it would be, wouldn't it? 20, uh, 22 Okay. Down to 10. Okay, wow. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? The fastest I ever really see anybody lose weight, even not using my program, but using even ridiculous starvation style diets, like soup diets, shake diets, supplement diets, Cambridge diets, just like... Mm -hmm. ultimate hardcore fasting VLCDs all this kind of stuff is about stone per month okay even if you've got a lot of weight to lose and you basically quit eating but the thing that gets me thinking there is that there's I naturally assume that she wasn't consistently losing two stone a month for those six months so that would probably make me believe that for the first well probably there was a a half-life to it and that the most she ever burnt was the most she ever burnt and then it kind of dropped off but that means that what was she burning at the start in like the first month how yeah, did she drop then metabolisms and body weights and calorie maintenances and stuff drop down a little bit as they diet so you're probably right if you look at anybody's weight loss graph it starts off quicker yeah. and then sort of peters out exactly the end, yeah which helps with which helps with long-term maintenance anyway because you want the weight loss to slow down as you come towards the end um, but yeah, you're probably right. At the beginning, she must have lost weight faster. That's so insane to think. And then she would have lost weight slower. I'll read you a little bit. Um, a mum of three who spent £400 a month on takeaways. That's easily done. <laughs> How much is it for a takeaway? She's got kids. How much, if, 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 you, if it's a takeaway for you and like a couple... You, you're spending 30, 40 quid per time. You've oh, got, You've got yeah. to. It could easily be more. If you've got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got to. Fam- family as well, you say. Yeah, she's got kids. She's got partner, etc. You know. Yeah, um, very, very useful. So she's maybe 10 takeaways a month, it's maybe less. It's not It's not that many. No. It's two, three a week. Two, three a week. It's not crazy. Loads of people blast this much money without even realising. You don't realise. Literally. Thing, yeah. People think my fat loss programme costs money. It costs £36. People that underestimate the amount of money they're going to save by eating better. Literally, it's crazy. True. It's crazy the amount of money people can save by eating better. The amount of money people spend on snacks, like a little snack, like a little chocolate bar can be a pound, or a coffee out or something, or a latte, three, four pound. Every single day. Every It adds up to hundreds of pounds, literally. Um, a mum of three who spent £400 a month on takeaways has shed a staggering 12 stone in six months after swapping her, her eating habits for low-calorie fakeaways. He says, have you heard this term, fake away? Um, no, but I've... I have, I hate this term. Gather it from context. You know what it means, that you can tell what it is. Yeah. It's, I hate this term. It's like a healthy takeaway or some shit. Yeah. yeah. I hate that it's called a fake away. Even it's still a takeaway. Why are takeaways unhealthy? No, it's not a takeaway. This, sorry, this, it's not a takeaway. She's making she's making takeaway stuff that she'd usually want at home. Like if she'd order uh, burgers or pizzas, this, this lady, if she'd order burgers or pizzas, she's making burgers or pizzas at home. That's what she's changed. And you cooked. Yeah, she cooked. Yeah. You cooked food. <laughs> I, I just That's what happened. I, I just really don't like... Some of my members as well call it fake away. And I don't say anything to them. Maybe they'll listen to this podcast. But I don't really like it because it's acting like what you're eating is a fake version of the real thing that you actually wanted. And that's not a positive way to look at it. It's not a positive if she made burgers at home, that's a better version yeah. than some greasy-ass beef from who knows where yeah. of what quality, what of fat content, reformed... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
grease it off a grill that's had one million other burgers on it. You don't know what calories you're eating. You know, the Gary flipping it. You know, yeah, I know. Mate, fake I away know. makes it seem like you're having you're having a fake worse version, a downstep from what I actually wanted. Like the takeaways, a better version. Takeaways. Probably the worst quality food on average that you can probably eat at all mm-hmm. overall, isn't it? It's probably the, on average the worst for your health yeah. out of all food that you can possibly eat. If we it, it's, all- I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's many many foods that fall into the category of if you ate nothing but this, you would just die. And you can order different <laughs> stuff at a takeaway. Like, yes, you can get salads at some takeaways. And you can get chicken can. kebabs and stuff. But this is not what we're talking no, about, no, is no. it? We're talking real life. When you order a takeaway, you're getting a Chinese, an Indian, you're getting burgers, chips, doner kebabs. Even chicken kebabs are not low calories, let's not pretend. The the naan bread, the size of a sleeping bag, it comes folded into, is about 600 calories, which yeah, is what we started. Two or three hundred, yeah. Two or three hundred for the chicken. Then you've got garlic mayo. Everybody <laughs> fucking loves garlic mayo, don't they? Yeah. Two or three hundred calories for your garlic mayo, straight up. What other sources have you got in there? What other additives? That's not your chips on the side. They're 700 calories. It's 1,500 calories, even for the chicken kebab. Ladies and gentlemen. Connor's riled up. I spend my entire life trying to get people to eat less just riled up, sometimes. just riled <laughs> just up, seething. I just don't like that term as well. Fake away. I just don't like it. No, I agree. Away. Bullshit. No positive affirmation to that. It's no, it's not a positive very way of thinking negative. about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, she didn't create f- fake versions of takeaways. She created home cooked, better, yeah. better food of the versions that she actually wanted. This is all positive. Not even looking at it from our point of view, but just like a fun worldly way. Like if we take pizza takeaway or something that's gone from a not excuse me a nice italian traditional thing that was like healthy for all intents and purposes and served nutritional value as well now it's and had five in it. and then it went down and now deep she's pan, trying to bring it baby. back yeah exactly it went chicago town deep dish chicago town so high nice. pizza pie that's this thick yeah. What I even recommend to people, even on this fakeaway business <coughs> and subject, is supermarkets now do their own version of fakeaways. Some of them are even called that, um, where you can go to a supermarket and you can get an Indian curry thing in like a box and you put it yeah, in the yeah. oven. Yeah, sure. and it's not cook, quite cooking it yourself, but all, but it does say the calories on the side. I, I really implore people ah. to try and don't order a pizza from flipping wherever pizzeria just don't do this it's going to be greasy you don't know what you get and the quality is going to be debatable yeah. if you care about your health and your calorie intake either go for Domino's or Pizza Hut because at least they show the calories you know you can at least judge what you're having or just go to the supermarket and just get one yeah. they range from 600 to 2000 calories just that's pick what it one comes down to it's just effort it's like when just people are like one. oh well I don't know what calories are in a pizza it's like when you pick one just that pick you one do that do says the, the calories yeah. on it you can even order Domino's or Pizza Hut yeah. or Papa John's they all say the calories just get one that's calorie counted from an actual reputable place where you actually know what it is. Either get supermarket ones are better because they're lower and less greasy on average. Mm-hmm. And it's not harder. And it's a it's weird cheaper, it's a weird psychological money. thing that as well, that like choosing the harder option because it almost doesn't seem like an option. And I get how people could be naturally pushed to say the other. I as a PT only really noticed that like I would I my natural for years disposition when someone would ask like, oh but it's it, it hurts, it's hard to do this, I don't want to do it like that. I'd be trying to like figure out like a loophole, like, oh yeah, but if we do this, it won't be as bad. Exactly. Whereas the, now, if when a client's like, oh, but I've just, or there was a social situation, it's like, did your friends make you do this? No, then you made a choice. Then you've held on a pedestal, health and fitness and fat loss and life goals and this immediate piece of gratification and you've chosen that every time. And that, that's where, wherein lies the problem. It isn't anything to do with any 
life issues it's just that you're choosing this time and time again and yes it's hard you've just got to choose whether you want the pain of not achieving your goals or the and and the luxury of having this or the other way around you know yeah and it's best to create a balance between both this is this is why i don't get people to try and stop eating the yeah. foods that they love i yeah. just try and get you to which just, is which is sometimes hard enough yeah go for versions which are controlled then you can still eat pizza yeah. you can still have desserts and stuff if you can cook your own or you can get a supermarket version or you can order from somewhere that shows the calories you can actually understand what you're working with and fit it into a healthy balanced diet and then you can have everything that you want i imagine you've got clients that you've almost got a coach into fatness sometimes like In what way? i take so i've got i've had a couple of people across spanning years or whatever that come to me with the sort of herculean approach of just like this is it, day one, things change today, which is commendable, formidable, perfect, but they go too hard in the wrong direction. They go, everything first of all must be clean that I'm eating. It has to be like flavorless and boiled yes. or something. And I'm scrapping specifically this, this, that, that, and that. Yeah. And not because of any particularly calorie thing, just because it's like a hard ass approach, like more like a 1960s approach. Like yeah. You just can't eat this. And then sometimes I'll have to coach people back into eating shit things yes. for the sake of consistency. And it's such a weird yes. principle to teach people because it's like, I know this goes against all the maths and what we're saying, but for the sake of consistency, for the sake of, I've seen this, I've seen people walk this path many, many times. I know how it ends. You need to eat a little bit shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting way of putting it's it. Weird, isn't it? But you're exactly right. Yeah. It's, it's not that they need to eat shitter necessarily you enjoy it more it's that they need moderation yeah and they need to not go too fast what they need to understand is that fat loss is a long game consistency it's a marathon not a sprint and you will burn yourself out too early at the start of a marathon people do not run quickly <laughs> you don't see people three two one go ah just running forward as fast as possible everybody who was well trained would go oh, what is that person doing and then at mile three when you're blowing laid out at the side of the road and you can't continue because you've sprinted it out they'll come jogging be like past. new guy over yeah. here people in marathons you know if you if you track people's average marathon pace the last mile is faster than faster, the first mile yeah yeah because they burn it out at the that's end it. when they yeah. know they can make it mm -hmm. that's when you know what energy levels and reserves you've got left and you know you can make it then by all Kill means it. go for it no you're exactly right i have to constantly a big part of my job is talking people down from going as low calories as possible as fast as possible mm -hmm. and it's it's because people they've got good motivation they're wanting to make a change they've got gusto willpower i will make a change exactly uh, they, yeah. they, they may be sick of being the way that they are yeah, yeah they, they're doing it for all the right reasons yeah, they sure. want to go gung-ho they're feeling and that's good. why they're it's hard ready. as well to coach because it's like listen you, you don't do. want to talk them down no, from no, it no, no. you know our job's not to hold people back no but also it's not till just it, you're, you're exactly right. You can't just let people run wild. Yeah. They will just go straight, try and eat 1,200 calories a day and just go for it nonstop and try and hammer. People, everyone's New Year's resolutions, I will run five days a week or some stupid, unrealistic exactly. thing. Or when, when they start to the gym, everyone tries to go every day, don't they? I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. No, just go twice, okay? Yeah, take a look at your life Just go twice. where that time's going to come from. If you go twice and you do it right, you'll get good results. Mm. So the, the way that I set my members' calorie intake is... Um, a specific phrase that we use, which is maintenance or under. Nice. And, and I spend my entire life hammering people over and over and over and, and over again with do not forget the calorie goal is maintenance as number one. Go plan A is try not to overeat. That's don't difficult as enough as it is. Yeah. yeah. We're not we don't want to go backwards. That's plan A. You're exactly right. Plan A is don't overeat. For a lot of people, that's difficult as enough as it is. It's hard it's hard not to overeat any day for anybody. <laughs> We're surrounded by cakes. We all like food, isn't it? So plan A is don't go backwards. 
Plan B is if you can create a calorie deficit, and any calorie deficit's good. 100, sound. 200, excellent. 300, good. 400, nice. 500, yep. All good. Any calorie deficit. Um, and then people hear me say that, they say, yep, got it, I understand, and then they completely disregard it, <laughs> uh, yep, and they try and go as far under the calorie yeah, maintenance yeah, level yeah. as they can every single day nonstop. And yeah. li literally, um, my supporting coaches as well in my group, like I have Lynn Robertson, um, on the podcast on Spotify and Apple and Apple Podcasts sometimes, and she's also a big one for it. She watches for people, and if she sees people, because we have daily check-ins in the group, people can check in with us every day if they want, and not every member does, but quite a lot of them do. Um, even if it's just a little message about what ca what the calorie intake was, and she she watches for people, and if it starts to get too many big deficits in a row for too long, if it starts to get like past two weeks and they've been in a deficit every day, mm -hmm. if it's getting to three weeks, we'll, like, Take a day. we'll start messaging them saying, yeah. look, you need to chill. Take a day. You, you've done really well, but you just need to start chilling out a little bit just for a day or two. Mm -hmm. Just eat something, order a takeaway, you know, or have a few just chill. I think, yeah, diet breaks are very, very misunderstood, yep. underrated yep. and underutilized. Underused, yep. Underutilized yep. so much. Like, Definitely. I, I'd almost say treat it very similarly to how you treat training and yep. whatnot. Yeah, You're exactly yeah. right. You're exactly right. I set, I set loads of my members um, like three or four day a week calorie deficits. Ah, three nice. or four days maintenance, three or four day deficit. Yeah, that's that's the same mean. as training. Yeah. And it's for people who are struggling with yeah, the weight loss. Nice, it? It's for people who are struggling. Not everyone. Some people can do, some of my clients, they'll do three or four weeks of a deficit and then they'll take a couple of days off and then they'll hammer it again for a period. Some people do a stone, take a week off, do a stone, take a week off, that kind of game. But some people who are struggling or, you know, people who every weekend they screw it up, they eat perfect through the week, every weekend they screw it up or they do two weeks and then they binge it back, two weeks, binge it back, mm -hmm. two weeks, binge it back. I'm like, chill, mm -hmm. look, that's, yeah. chill. Because then that's getting more towards yo-yoing. Exactly. It's for people who are struggling to lose weight. Sometimes we specifically create smaller deficits and ironically it makes the weight loss faster because oh, yeah. they actually get it done yeah. rather than going quickly nowhere. Five, three, five, they go steadily three. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. Yeah, so it's exactly to treat it like the training. If you wanted to run a marathon, you don't think, right, I'm going to start running today and then you just and run non-stop. Yeah. You don't just run non-stop until you can run a marathon. Until ridiculous. the start date of the marathon. It's anyway. ridiculous. <laughs> I always explain to my members that humans, as people, we take breaks from every single thing that's difficult in life. We do not work every day. If you worked every day, how quick until you get burnt Fair, out? Very nice. Yeah. How quick until you hate it? How quick until you're knackered and your quality is going? When you're expecting a we take We take two days off every week of work and six weeks off a year. And if, if you get too upset about it, your doctor will give your boss a note to tell him to piss off. <laughs> you, can, you can get a break from the you can get a work yeah, break yeah, from the yeah, doctor. Yeah, yeah. That's how seriously we take it. Yeah. And, and yeah. Good and points. Is dieting harder than work? It could be. Some, for a lot of the time. It, it, it's, well, it's different least, for different people, but it's it could be. It's a different kind of pain that's new for most people. It's not easy. It's not. And because it's, what's the, I forgot what it is, but humans are what we call, I think, risk adverse. Yeah. 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 Which I'm not too, I'm, I'll butcher it, I'll be paraphrasing, but that means like that we take risks in a purely survival way as opposed to progressing way. If which is that, yeah. Yeah. We will every time choose things that save our lives, but we will never really unless we push ourselves, choose to t make options that progress our lives. So like something like working is a necessity and we have to go to work so we can eat and we don't die. So as much as you might hate it, it's never really a thing that you get to think about because yeah. you, you, you just do it. Yeah. Whereas something like fat loss that you decide to do and you decide to progress or training yeah. in the gym, 
takes a certain mentality to get you there because yeah. we're not because you can leave it uh, empty you don't have to fill that tank you know yeah you're exactly right i sometimes i get serious with some of my clients because i have some people if they don't lose weight they'll die literally I, oh I, you've got to yeah yeah so sometimes i get serious with them and i tell them literally you've got two lists of things in your mind one of them is stuff you do the other list is stuff you try to do you don't try to brush your teeth you brush your teeth whether you've got time or not don't matter whether you want to or not whether you're motivated to brush your teeth you just do it you don't try and pay your bills. Sometimes you don't like paying your bills. You still do it. You don't try and go to work. You just actually go to work. You might complain about it, but you complain while you're on the way to work, not while you're not doing it. <laughs> Some people need to take dieting out of the category of I am trying to eat better and just actually eat better. That's and sometimes, sometimes as simple as that. Sometimes it's not that simple. I'm not saying it's that easy, but no, sometimes but some people need to get serious with it. I think you know, telling someone doing, that from your point of view, with delivered with sincerity, that could be enough to get the ball rolling. Sometimes it helps people. Like they need to realise. Yeah, sometimes right. you need to put it on the list because, like you're saying, you need to work. Why? So that you can have a roof over your head and you can get you can get food so that you don't die. If you don't eat healthy, you'll die. <laughs> food kills more people than smoking. Healthy eating, people see it as optional. And it can be optional for a while, yeah, but it's yeah. not optional forever. Yeah, yeah. You have to take control over it at some point, otherwise it will not go well. Yeah, that's if nice. you don't eat healthy, there'll be no health. And in case you've got no, not noticed, you need it. So sometimes I have to literally say what, you, what you've just said to people and I have to get them to put healthy eating into the category of it needs, do it doesn't matter whether you're motivated, whether you want to, that's not how it works. It needs doing, literally. Mm -hmm. So some people need to make a little switch. Interesting that. I think when you phrase it like that as well, it does something psychological. Sometimes powerful, nice. isn't yeah, it? Just to think nice. about it like that. Some things you do because you want to do them. Some things you do because they need doing. Mm. Um, anyway, I think that's about it for that news item. This lady lost a shitload of weight by not eating takeaways anymore. Well done, yeah. Yeah, she just started cooking her own versions. Not spending and 400. That, that shows you how many calories are in takeaways. That flipping shows you. This how woman many? went from tw 22 stone to, to 10 stone. How many calories are in 400 pounds of a month worth of takeaways? That's <laughs> That'd be an interesting calculation. Yeah. The cheaper, the cheaper the takeaway is, the more calories it's going to have in it as well. I yeah, for sure. I would bet. Yeah, there's definitely a flipping point to that. But yeah, for sure. That's definitely the, the leading argument. <laughs> Um, do you want to hit one of your news topics then? What were they, man? You've got see. three reasons you've hit a weight loss plateau and your team's smartphone could be the key to an unhealthy weight. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, let's go for that one. Your team's smartphone could be key to an unhealthy weight. Um, what do you think about that straight off the, from the title? I think it could be. What, what, would, what would you say? Like why? Your... There's there's two parts to being overweight. There's eating too much, but the other reason that people eat too much is because they move less, mm. and this makes your metabolism and your calorie maintenance lower. That's why it's easy to eat too much because people are not very active. So people being on their phone rather than going to see your friends, you just text them. You've got games on your phone. You don't go. Yeah, play, yeah. People yeah, don't yeah. go play outside. You know, people are inside more. Just using the phone to fulfill day-to-day -day things rather than getting out there and doing it. So I just I just immediately thought about reduced activity levels. Yes, basically. spot on. And all the sort of um, uh, like psychological effects that come with that, like I can just sit down and use my phone all day. But they're here, they're harping on about the kind of what it does to your circadian rhythm and how that can affect your appetite and whatnot, which is quite interesting. Which that's, is, a, that's a true point, yeah, but I would yeah. say that's minutiae. Maybe, but they're saying like spending hours, so he's got here, spending hours on your phone or any blue light screen can disrupt your sleeping patterns uh, and less snooze can affect our appetite stimulating hormones causing overeating 
uh, explained by yada 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 whatever um and this and what it can do to you and craving carbs and how that has an effect of you being the nutritionist that's true it. yeah so because i yeah. don't know much about that yeah if you're sleep deprived people's willpower goes down there's decision making fatigue do, do you know if you're sleep deprived every single measure of the human body is impaired name anything time to fatigue strength memory um, eyesight yeah, yeah, yeah. anything reaction time anything calculation abilities in like flipping maths digestion worse risk of disease up anything any single measure in the entire world if you sleep deprived that's ever been measured it's worse i think i remember seeing something along the lines of um when we have daylight savings like stroke and heart attack um numbers go through the roof on those like two days a year interesting by a good like 30 percent of summit they spike just because of people losing an hour of, uh, of sleep a night, yeah. Interesting, car but, accidents go up around okay. that time, I know that as well, because so people are tired. Do you, do you think as well that that, and what it might, effect it might have on your um, sleeping patterns, would be more of a practical effect, or more of a physiological effect? I think that's minutiae, to be honest. Uh, because they're, they're saying, and they're not wrong, that looking at a, a screen that produces light, that puts blue light into your eyes, this kind of tricks in a way your body into thinking that it's still daytime even mm. though it might be nighttime this is true and then if you're playing on your phone and stuff and then you just suddenly switch it off and try and go to sleep your brain might be whirring because you've not had a chance to relax down you've been getting all this stimulus from instagram scrolling and pictures and flashing mm. all this stuff yeah okay that can that can mess up your sleep a little bit make you sleep a little bit worse but you don't think that does anything like physiologically in your gut to anything that you might be digesting differently at different times of the day that might promote anything more to do with fat not story. in terms of digestion if you no. woke up the next day and you were tired then you probably people do crave carbs when they're tired that's yeah. li that's literally so all thing. of it would come down to that more practical effect in, in that it just pushes you into a position where you're more likely to eat food for different reasons yeah it's yeah. not having a direct impact it's yeah, having an yeah, indirect yeah. impact where it, it, it hinders making the correct food choices by making you more tired this makes you crave carbs and puts your willpower down and you de your decision making abilities are worse because i was questioning the legitimacy of that yeah, it does make nice. sense yeah. the other thing that i thought though the that's not the main point that i thought mm. do you know you know the blue light from the screen that's not anything compared to the blue light from your actual lights in your home so unless you're using your phone in the dark in bed which you might be okay you might be staying up late just scrolling while you're in bed if you sat in the living room it's not that you're on the phone it's that all the lights are on in your entire house. Are they LEDs in the same way or some shit? It's still, any white light has the entire yeah, yeah, rainbow okay. spectrum, so it has blue light all the ah. same. Um, yes, that makes sense, yeah. We actually have a a non-blue light emitting night light in the bedroom. Oh, I used to have one of them. Yeah, we, a sad we don't have it on at, when we're asleep. A sad have, light. Yeah, like a yeah. side light. We have it on no, just... sad light. Uh, seasonal affective disorder light. no they're vitamin D producing lights that's different I had one of those over cool. Um yeah no sorry that's a different thing this, this is just an, an orange light that oh. just doesn't produce blue light that much really so it just doesn't keep you awake as much we just have that as the side light in the bedroom um, but yeah, it's, it's a real thing with blue light and you can, you can put night, that's what nighttime mode on your phone is. Have you that sepia tone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what that's for. You can turn that on as well. But that's, that knock on effect to fat loss you think is pretty banal, pretty not too important. sleeping patterns overall big impacting effect yeah, yeah, your yeah. phone specifically as as one factor affecting your sleeping patterns i think minimal yeah. i think it's also about whether you've exercised whether you're stressed what time are you going to bed what's your sleeping pattern like what's your sleep routine like what about the lights in your home 
you know, I think that's what, what about your sleep like you environment? And, what about how bigger. many hours of sleep you're getting? Yeah, no, it's a bigger thing. It's Statistically, I think sleep opportunity is the number one factor that reduces people's ability to get enough sleep. People don't give themselves enough literal time in bed to actually get the hours that they need. People, people need to get eight hours sleep so they get in bed when it's eight hours until they've got to get up, thinking they're going to go yeah. and just fall to sleep immediately perfectly, not wake up at all, and then wake up dead on the alarm. Ah, Ridiculous. Yeah. On average, people Which have, I do, so... Well, I don't. People exactly. on average have about one hour of stirring time. Oh, no, sorry. I mean, I'm even I do that is what I'm saying. I reverse engineer eight hours and get in bed then. Oh, okay. Obviously, yeah, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, and that, I, that... No, I can't get in bed. That relies place. on you either sleeping perfectly, which is rarely going to happen, or being sleep deprived. Yeah. So people need to... On, on average, the number one thing people can do is just have more time actually in bed trying to sleep. Mm. Then you'll get more sleep overall. Yeah. I think that's the number one factor. Of which is why it's hard, because that's the time that's frigging boring and annoying, isn't it? You're just laying there waiting to go to sleep. That's what about weight loss plateaus as well? Hit me with that one. I feel like we can box that one off pretty quickly, you know? Probably. Um, so this was three reasons uh, why you've hit a weight loss wall. The first one is that you've already lost some weight. And um, one of the main factor. drivers of a plateau is that after weight loss, your body's metabolic rate changes as well. Correct. That's because your overall body mass is the primary determiner of is, your yep, resting correct. metabolic rate. We agree with this so far. Yep. Happy. Spot on. Doing well. Or the number of calories you burn per day um, before factoring in exercise and activity. Yep. So. As your body mass drops, so does your natural metabolic rate, meaning you have to keep cutting more calories to continue seeing results, she says. We agree? Mm, not necessarily on that last bit. You don't have to necessarily keep cutting more calories because that depends on the size of the calorie deficit beforehand. True, true. Yeah. Um, you could keep the same calorie, but, but your weight loss would slow on the same calorie deficit until eventually it stopped because yeah. smaller people require less fuel. So, yep. Um, this is why sometimes programs like Slimming World or something where they don't control people's calories directly, people only lose weight to a certain weight and then it won't go any lower because they're not, they've are not they reduced their calorie intake enough to drop a certain amount of weight, but smaller people require less calories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, your calorie maintenance drops down and then it to that out. level. Yeah. And that's how it works. That's how it works with every diet. The, the calories that you eat, it determines the weight that you end up at. That's yeah. how it goes. Yeah, which kind of feeds into their number two point, which is that you're getting fitter. Okay, so what, you're burning less calories from exercise, is that what it's saying? Shall we read? <laughs> yeah. When you try an exercise for the first time, you may feel really uncoordinated or even shaky, but by your second set of that exercise, you may notice things start to click a bit more. That's your body learning how to perform that exercise and figuring out which muscle fibers to recruit, which, uh, to let re which to let relax and how to coordinate it all. The same thing happens over the course of weeks or months. Your body becomes more efficient, so it burns less energy doing any given workout. Um, is basically what they're saying is as you're becoming more of a unit you're getting better at burning stuff you're becoming more efficient so there's the activities you do don't burn as much anymore i would say debatable yeah number one definitely true number two but as you get fitter you can do more and there you go so now what so same thing two do you burn less calories as you get fitter and weigh less yes but as you weigh less and get fitter you can also run further so you would have to apply a progressive overload but that's not necessarily a it's, a, it's like the the pound for pound would be different yeah you'd have to put in more effort but it's it, if you're fitter, though, it might not even seem like more effort. Yeah, perceived might even be even less. Perce yeah, perceived effort might be. Mm -hmm. might, when you're really fit, it might seem easy to run 10K. When you're 
not that fit, it might seem really hard to yeah. run 5K. Yeah, yeah. You know? So that that is a true point, but um, but that's also one of the reasons why I'm, I, I account for, you know, with my Six Steps to Slim program, every single calorie-changing variable like this that all account for. Oh, yeah, that's as, part, the, as different parts of the program. Yeah, yeah as yeah. different parts of the program to stop. that. There's no... There's, there's no one on my program gets weight stalls that we can't get around it just doesn't happen because i account for no. every single variable including that mm-hmm. one which is why we don't and because the answer is always the same anyway it's like you're always getting funneled towards the obvious outcome it's always a calorie value out answer it's always yeah yeah and we don't account the, the reason that doesn't affect people in my program is because we don't account for the calories that people burn through exercise into the calorie calculation oh anyway. thank god because when my fitness pal does that for my clients i'm like listen I to tell me to turn, there's don't. a setting just tell them to turn it off oh can you yeah there's a setting in it in the, the my in fitness, fitness pal, pal yeah oh. you, you can tell it to stop tracking your steps stop tracking your exercise yeah. and stop changing the calorie values so of what you've eaten and what you've done yeah, yeah, based yeah, on your yeah, exercise. Yeah. Just it's good to burn calories, but just keep them. What separate. if you do the raw number? Keep it even. Yeah, just do the food as the food. Do the exercise as the exercise. Don't I think you'll have something to say about this last one of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you'll. Well, I don't know. I think your body needs time to rest, and then this is what I want to see. What your thoughts on the the set point theory suggests that there is a weight range at which our body is comfortable, and any time we move away from that weight, our body works towards getting us back to the comfortable weight. And that's that body set point theory that um, have you heard of before? Of course. Yeah, so what do you think of that? Go again, just read me this one more time. I just wanna make sure I'm hearing. The set point theory suggests that there is a weight range at which our body is most comfortable. And anytime we move away from that weight, our body works towards getting us back to that comfortable weight. Correct. Yeah? Yep. Elaboration on that or? Loads. (laughs) Loads of elaboration on that. Condense it. Number one, set point is a theory. This, there's, there's, That's why it's always at the end. You there's keep no it there. internal barriers yeah. that stop weight loss. So there's there's set point theory. People get it confused. There's there's some people who think, oh, when I diet, I can never get below thirteen stone, or when I diet, I can never get below this or that weight. That's because you never take your calorie yeah. intake low enough to get below that weight. Not because they there's think an internal, physiologically. Yeah, there's can't. no physiological internal barriers. That is literally impossible. Mm. It's because the calorie deficit's not being created. Um, is there a weight that your body naturally wants to be? Yes, yes. That, that's why there is a normal BMI range. You see the BMI, mm-hmm. the normal BMI range, the green bit. Maybe, okay, it's it's an average. So some people's set point might be a bit in the overweight or a bit in the underweight because everything's a bell curve. Most yeah, people yeah. land in the middle, but some people are on either side extremes. True. So is there a weight your body wants to be? Yes. On average, it's the normal BMI range. If you're three stone, five stone, eight stone, 10 stone overweight, there's no set point theory even coming into the equation. Very true. Your body does not want to be So we're talking from a natural... Yeah. Overweight. That's not a real thing. No. You're forcing it to stay that weight via constant calorie intake that's too high. <laughs> Harsh. No, that, no, that's true. Very true. The, if the, the, the first day that the calories drop below the maintenance level, so the person stops holding the weight on themselves with the calorie intake that's too high, is the first day that the weight and yeah, the body fat yeah, starts yeah. to come off. It's being held there every single day with the calorie I'm intake. I'm glad you said that because I'd never thought of it like that. Yeah, the, the, the body fat set point theory, whatever. Like the, it's a real thing, the, but the body's the, conf- the body's confusion if someone was so big would be that it wouldn't have a reference point for what that healthy should feel like. So it might have a same physio, it might have a same kind of effect at the weight that you're at in that it's like, this is me, I'm happy, question mark. But in reality, it'll probably quickly start 
being very comfortable with the idea of fat loss because it that is the healthier option and that body fat set point theory it is much more applicable and practical and applicable when it, you are in a healthy normal way. more normal yeah. average body yeah, weight for sure. absolutely correct ah, absolutely that's nice. correct um you just said something then there was one point i wanted to elaborate on and now i just can't remember exactly what it was anyway anyway so that makes sense um, it, the, the set point is not 10 stone overweight. No, like, no. no it's, the body Never would have thought of it like that. No, that's nice. The body doesn't want to be that weight. Um, the third point is, does the body fight back against weight loss to try to get you to stay the same weight, homeostasis? Yes, yes it, does. it does. Yes, it does. That's not the same thing as set point. No. This is, this is normal. This is what we call in Six Steps to Slim program, diet fatigue. Uh-huh. Some people call it metabolic adaptation. Yeah. That's what it's called in diets sometimes. Some people call it starvation mode, although that has negative connotations. Yeah, and isn't exactly... True. No, it's not exactly the correct way of looking about it because it's not starvation mode. Because if you've got weight to lose, you're not starving even if you haven't eaten anything because you've got energy yeah. reserves. Starvation ends in death, usually. Yeah. Um, the penultimate, isn't it? So does the body fight back? Yes. Does that mean that your body wants to stay overweight? Kind of in a way, but also not really. I remembered what you just said that I wanted to elaborate on. When you said the body gets used to fat loss, that's called metabolic health improvement. Um, there's a real thing, oh, okay. there's a real thing called metabolic flexibility as well, and that's a person's ability to switch between burning food and body fat for fuel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is impaired in people with metabolic issues like type two diabetes and stuff. This is why with someone with type two diabetes, if they don't eat some food, they can get low blood sugar, and the body's not very good at bringing the blood sugar back up on its own. So they're not very good at accessing their own. St- fuel stores that they've got within even though they've got them they're not very good at accessing them because they never do that's mad I didn't really yeah know. they never do so then when people get healthier that kind of stuff if someone's got type 2 diabetes or a lot of weight to lose and they drop calories quite quick they might start to feel faint and lightheaded that all wears off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. until you start getting very lean and then you've got actually low stores but in the mid-ranges that all wears off you and get used to it yeah to elaborate on one thing you said then as well with your body you say if you're losing fat does your body want does it want you to not lose that fat does it want to go back to that how fat it was before and the answer like you're saying is a yes question mark and i think that's because like a better way of phrasing it your body isn't trying to get back to how fat you were it's nothing to do with the fat that you've got on you it just doesn't appreciate the deficit that you're currently in oh that's such a good way of looking at it you see what i mean you just explained that so well yeah that that had never really clicked with me before but it, it doesn't care about that fat it's just that you've been in a deficit for a minute and it feels it doesn't that. like that yeah it's and not none that it of the effects the fat, are particularly doesn't want the deficit. yeah that's such a good way of looking at it interesting isn't it yeah very smart um yeah because that fat you could remove from you and your body still wants it because it's still energy as it wants the food the deficit that you're in all it wants it doesn't is like that a deficit fuel. no matter your, doesn't yeah. matter what body fat level you've got diet fatigue still doesn't, hits doesn't matter you, yeah. it still fights back against it. any body fat that, loss, yeah. no matter how body how much body fat you've got at all mm. um Again, I account for all of these variables and I account for that variable too. Um, If dieting creates diet fatigue slash metabolic adaptation, guess what gets rid of the diet fatigue? A diet break. Not dieting. You're exactly right. (laughs) Dieting causes it. Guess what we need to do? Not diet. Yeah. And do I mean... You need to utilize diet break. Yep. And diet break's a nice way of looking at it, Um, but you have to be specific because I don't mean just eat whatever you want, go crazy. 
start gaining the weight back. I mean, and start sticking yeah. your face into yeah. cake. We don't mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, specifically, balance your calorie intake back around that maintenance level. And that's why my goals for people, again, with calories is maintenance or under. Some days, practice eating around the amount your body actually needs to eat. This is a long-term maintenance food habit creation. Some days, eat less so that you can get a faster result. Mm-hmm. And then we'll balance these things to the end. I think we did it, bro. That's That was nice. That was well concisely put together by you. I think we did it as well. We've been one hour 50 on the podcast. Um, I've got a really good one, but I'm going to save it till next time. Or I might even save it till the episode with Dave. Dave. Because next week, we're going to do two news of the weeks, aren't we? I know. We're going to need to find more news. More things that happen. Or maybe more will happen. We'll have to create some news. There's always unlimited people talking mm-hmm. and things happening in the world to yeah. do with health and fitness, isn't there? So we'll never run out of topics. It's impossible. It's true. And we, we've never got through all of the topics yet. Very true, yeah. We'll, Bang that one to the top of the list, though, if it's interesting. Um, we'll hit it next week. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it. It's five different questions, and they're about different things. Um, one is about losing weight. One is about what are the best exercises for menopause. One is about how, what what... Uh, weights equipment or equipment in general would you put into a garage gym if you were setting one up oh that's cool Ooh, I like that yeah exactly Ooh, I think you I like, like these that. one's about how would you fit strength training into a busy lifestyle and ones, Ooh, I like that one's about differences and advantages and disadvantages of cardio versus weights I want to find these kind of articles for my research and I never can where are you going you're just not trying hard enough yeah that's why I'm asking <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you about it after yeah you'll have to um, but I'm going to save that one so we'll go through those mm. questions anyway mm-hmm. Dave will I'll... appreciate that some of them yeah as well. I think so as well those, yeah. yeah I think so as well so I'll keep some of those anyway any any concluding statements or thoughts from you William um, I don't believe so. I hope we're all well watching this and I hope everyone's having a pleasant time at home. Uh, I hope you got this far and if you did, thank you for sticking with us. Share it with a friend and we'll see you next yeah, time. Yeah, give us a like, give us a yeah, comment. Yeah, all um, that good stuff. We'll see the comments if you leave them on. If you give us a like, that helps us spread this good information and podcast around yeah. the internet. And give us feedback. If you genuinely yeah. thought it was good, give us a like. If you didn't, don't give us a like and tell us why. My father <laughs> told me he likes it. He likes it. Yeah. That's nice. He likes you and he likes it. <gasps> I made a friend. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Rhodes. Appreciate um, it. <laughs> yeah, for, for what it's worth. <laughs> Definitely still tuned in. <laughs> for what it's worth. Yeah, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I agree. Thank, thank you, you very much. We'll speak to you and we'll see you again soon.